Well, actually, what would start is the this, the music would play probably. So. Welcome. How's everybody doing? It's a gorgeous night. It's a beautiful night, and we're no longer in the South. No, we aren't. We're out of summer, or are we? I don't know. Mm, Don't do it. It feels like summer. I don't know. Do it yet. My kids aren't fully back in school. God damn it. God. (laughs) I mean, it's starting to feel a little like fall. It's 80 degrees this weekend. I don't know. It's back up to 80 the last couple of days. Um, are we really out of All right. You guys are right. You guys all guessed it. So Mikey laid all the eggs for you. If you figured it out. We had some we're Easter eggs. We're doing the 1987 classic fall yeah. camp. Yeah. Uh, soul man. <laughs> no. <laughs> Please. Switch it up. Let's just do a last minute switch. And let's just do soul man. You know, one thing the South people in the South have right is um, that I realized that I've been doing the last few months is uh, drinking. Just can I say one thing? Easy. Just be easy on all everything you're about to say. No. Because I saw saw some Facebook posts from you today. You seem a little bit, you're on edge. You're on edge. I get it. I'm not on edge at all. Um, Actually, (laughs) I'm really relaxed because I've been drinking out of mason jars. (laughs) <laughs> and it's so good oh so yeah good. of course so much liquid in them and it just stays cold for some reason and it flows so well when you're drinking it but i did i did smash one the other day um, <laughs> got glass everywhere just like smashed it on the fridge i don't know what i had like ogre hands it, or something yeah i know interesting enough all your all your mason jars say uh vernon or what's what's the guy's name from die hard <laughs> What? What's the guy's name from Die Hard? All your mason jars say his name. John McClane? No, Vernon. From Die Hard? Reginald Johnson. Reginald Johnson. Oh, yeah. Why, though? Why are you saying that? Just because? Like, all your mason jars say Reginald Johnson and conveniently you... Reginald Johnson. Johnson and conveniently you smash them against the concrete sometimes. (laughs) No, I love him. He's great. Um, this is already ready for the. Sorry, I, yeah, yeah, it is. It is. It's not. This is not the David Duke uh, podcast. No, this is. Are you ready for the Sex Girls a mm-hmm. podcast about movie soundtracks, mainly '80s, um, that we go mm. to and like? Uh, like we said before, we'll probably expand to uh, '90s or 2000s or just other soundtracks as we keep going on, but. For the time being, mainly 80s. This is our big moment for us. This is episode 10. Double digits. I can't believe it. I know. It feels like we just started this the other week. I know. And now we're in our 10th episode. It's gone by pretty fast. We've done one every month except for the summer. We combined a couple months this last episode mm. just to have we were... like a little bit of a break for the summer. Yeah, we were kind of Reginald Bell Johnson's that that uh, that some, that that month. Yeah, but last uh, episode we did Batman, nineteen eighty nine Batman. Um, before that, we did. Mad I mean, Lamp- Lampoon's Vacation. Woman oh, you Boy, got him. Uh, Three Men and a Baby. 
Oh, um, Judgment Night from. Now you have a list. Do you have a list? Do you have a list now? Yep. Yep. Shit. Uh, Better <laughs> off dead. The one before that. What else, where were we after that? Then we had um, uh, just one of the guys. Mm. Uh, um, the Last Dragon. Coming to America, our first yes. show that kicked it all off, and one of the first soundtracks we got together, Revenge of the Nerds. So oh. all of those, if you've seen those movies and or listened to any of those soundtracks, you know those are like top picks for sure. Definitely <laughs> top 10. <laughs> and just, by the way, tracks. yeah, China's Tracks, if you've listened to all our podcasts, that's about 30 hours of content. Yeah. So you're, so you're welcome <laughs> on those trips. To wherever you were going, this which was nowhere. So you stayed in your house and listened to us all for three hours. I love it. Yeah, but just one of the guys who mentioned that one. Um, we just watched for family night. We just watched Mulan. We were texting that back and forth. Mm -hmm. um, they came out with a live action version. And since COVID, they started doing the quarantines. We typically did Friday nights, just like family movie night, you know. And um, yeah. I would just, after seeing the movie, the new Mulan, I, I mean, you can see it, but I wouldn't really recommend it because it is just a complete ripoff of just one of the guys, basically. What? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the ending of the live action or even at a prom, like a prom scene. Well, you just see Mulan. Mulan rips it out? <laughs> yep. She shows him. It's like, <laughs> it's like right after the battle. It makes no sense. It's like mm. a big battle and she kind of helps him win. That's <laughs> And at the end of the battle, they're like at a prom scene <laughs> with a band and everything. <laughs> with sharks in the dark. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, well, thank you. I guess I like, guess apparently because you guys did that on our password, we now get to watch it. Uh, yeah, I, I, but I should be putting this down formally. I don't want you guys to get in trouble or anything. Yeah, sorry. We uh, we did give our family the password to Disney Plus. You were just, you were just joking. Yeah, that, that was, was the kid. kids even said they liked the cartoon better than the live action one. Yeah, I mean it's it's probably fun for a family movie, I guess, with nothing else coming out right now. Like all the movies are delayed, they push back. I'm just yeah, I, I I know we we are joking about giving the password, <laughs> but I wanted to. I Mikey and I joked about this when we saw each other for briefly. Uh, we all saw each other and and said, I said, I have to give this to someone. We bought this. Elliot hates Disney. Other than like a couple of those things, and I feel like that's it's such a waste because all the cartoons are on there and all the yeah you know all the old movies. I don't know. No, I liked fun. them. The kids yeah. are loving it. Um, we watched The Mandalorian, and now that's what they want to. Yeah, about. that's a good one. Yeah, it's like every one of those characters were going to do that. I think for Halloween. So <laughs> oh, nice. So was, it's the best. Like nine dollars, or it's pretty cheap. It's like six bucks a month or something. I can't even remember. But uh, Elliot but, likes Forky, doesn't he? From oh, he loves. Yeah, so that's funny. He does love. He loves those Forky shorts. That was his. That's the. There's like three things he'll do on Disney. Is like Forky shorts. Uh, he's now getting more. He'll watch Cars, but only certain Cars, meaning Cars Three. He likes the movie Cars Three. But it just there's a lot of stuff, good stuff on there, <laughs> and I wish you would like it more. But uh, you know, I also don't want him to watch too much TV, so I get it. It's just there was a point where he was just literally watching when you put it on the television, watching the the Disney. You know how it kind of does the little icon or whatever the way that Netflix does, like the whatever that is, the intro screen. What do they call that? 
Is there a name for that? I feel like there's got to be a name for that. Yeah, their logo, but like when you, you know, boot them up, you know, it's like the boot screen or something. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like there'd be some industry term for what that is, that some guys have been working on that for 10 years or something. When he would see that, he would just run upstairs. He'd be like, no Disney Plus, no Disney Plus. So I'm glad the kids like Mandalorian too. I haven't, I haven't actually finished that first season either. Yeah, and they've been watching a bunch of the other movies too. So thanks for letting us. Oh, use yeah. It. But yeah, no. so are we go. So a format quickly for everybody to oh, yeah. touch him back on that as we um. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, we're here for a podcast now to talk about our shared Disney Plus thing. We do the right. um, introduction. Um, kind of a little introduction and we do a corrections corner and kind of current events for well and then we share the then we share the Disney plus password yeah for like 20 <laughs> or 30 minutes um, then we announce we kind of um, we announce the movie that we're gonna do for the for the episode and then we go through the movie for about half an hour and some of the actors and ties to other things mm-hmm. and, and then we go ahead and jump into the soundtrack and go through pretty much usually every track and talk Can about we... the artists and the, oh. the movie and Things like can that. You, can you tell them we just have a good one? What? Can we tell them we have a good one? Oh yeah, it's a great one this month. It's gonna. We dropped a lot of Easter eggs last episode. We're gonna drop <laughs> a few more this one as we do a little bit more discussion here. But it's definitely. I mean, it could be a lot of different things. Like we said last time, it's fall. Um, we're going back to school. Sports are back in session. All the sports are back. Um, what else? Uh, uh, we like murdering people. We like murdering people. Yeah, pumpkins. Um, we like yeah. going to the bat. We like going to the bathroom for six months or three months. Yep, fall is starting, so it could be anything related. All those movies in the eighties related to fall. <laughs> oh my God, we so are many. So we did it. We're doing Dead Poet Society. The eighties didn't have pumpkin spice. I don't think. Yeah. I know. Did it? Thank so, God. I don't know if that's so. Another random thing I saw was crazy. Vin Diesel. You know how we were talking about. <laughs> just uh, stop. Did you see it? <laughs> no. Just, okay. I don't want to know. He's releasing an album. Okay. During the uh, COVID quarantine, he's recorded an album. So we were talking about how the '80s how it was awesome when movie stars would you know release a music mm-hmm. album. We had um, Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis is yeah. Eddie Murphy, and so Vin Diesel oh. must have been listening to our podcast. It's the only thing I could think of. Oh, and now he's Could've... using his star power to release an album. I don't. It's coming out soon. I can't wait to check it out. It's gonna. Be oh my god, so it's gonna exciting. be so good. If one of his Fast and the Furious songs, that'd be great. Because <laughs> what if he just like Fast and the Furious Ten? I think we beat them now for episodes. We always talked about that. yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know. Cement our place in podcast history if we if we can get ten, if we can beat them with it. Like, what 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 is Fast and Furious? I don't even what are what is on the Fast and Furious soundtracks? You like, like my Tokyo drift? Then feel my Tokyo <laughs> dick. This is bitch. <laughs> can you fucking feel this? This is a Tokyo motherfucking drift. Wait, this is number ten. Now we're so sad that the guy died. That one yeah, guy died that. from the movies. He was in She's All That. <laughs> Ever since Paul Walker died, I felt like I, my heart's been using a walker. 
Oh my god, I really don't know. I'm sure it's a combination of all those things. Well, maybe he has Ludacris on there. That'd be good. Ooh, I mean, I'd love that. I mean, they should just, they should just actually every soundtrack should just be Ludacris album from like 2003 each time. That would be better, I'm sure, than whatever they're they're probably putting forth. Well, our names are. Go ahead. We oh yeah, we didn't. Uh, oh, are we having? Uh, pseudonyms this time or just say our names i'm sean betcher this is mike betcher aka james brown and colt (laughs) and does have ties to some things tonight ah nice yeah you know what Colt? let me think remember that yeah don't say it out loud yet (laughs) um should we do the corner first jump in this is uh sean betcher my name is uh my name is chainsaw dave It'd yeah, that, I mean, that's an excellent, it is an next level. But what were you going to say, Mikey? Go ahead. I forget what I was going to say. Oh, we're brothers. Um, we didn't mention. Oh, that. yeah, we're brothers. We are brothers. And we, uh, so we, we are brothers. Because, because um, we, we would visit each other and started bringing soundtracks, mm-hmm. um, random soundtracks. We thought, why not share it with the world? So that's what we do. So should I get into the corrections corner from last episode? Yeah, um, let's hear it. Right, Which so was so? Let's. I know we already said it. We're twenty minutes in though, but let's say it again. It was the Batman uh, yeah, Prince soundtrack, which is one of our favorites. Yeah, last episode we did Batman from nineteen eighty nine, um, and Prince, like you said, did the um, the soundtrack. Danny Elfman did the score, but we didn't really go through that. We went to the soundtrack, and uh, we talked about the movie. So here's a few things that were following up um, from that discussion. Um, actually, one of the the points you brought up was is Vicky Vale who was in the 1989 movie um, starring Kim Basinger um, Honey Hornet in Wayne's World 2 she was in all the Batman comics like the history of them and she didn't have like a okay she was always like one of the characters when they wanted to have like a woman in the comic and like a potential love interest of Bruce Wayne a little, mm-hmm. like a little bit more than just his bachelor's lifestyle. Like when they wanted that character, she was in it, and like pretty Got much it. like every comic, she'd like almost figure out Bruce Wayne was Batman, but then because I guess maybe because she was a woman or something, they would like not let her figure it out all the way all the time. Because <laughs> <laughs> she was mainly in the comics, you know, from the '40s to the '80s, and it was like just yeah. like, kind of sexist, you know. Be like, yeah. oh, she's kind of smart, so she can kind of figure it out, but she's a woman, so she can't really figure it out. Kind of yeah, that's kind of how it was, and I don't know from like more current day if she's in there. She probably isn't. Hopefully now her character's more like advanced. She is like you mean she just she just is Batman, especially <laughs> after the um, movie, which was pretty good character development and like uh, yeah, you know, wasn't sexy. Like we said, I thought Kate, I don't you know as much as and you might be you're you are probably right. I mean, not even you're probably right. You are probably right. you were right that I'm sure it's just some like comic from the. 40s to wherever they started it that she's like oh i don't know what's going on and i think kim kim basinger made it like a actual person yeah even if it's still kind of off to the side she i never felt like she was a femme fatale if you will or like like a she was we said that i think she did a really good job with the character yeah and that was a uh, just one of probably her best roles actually Mm -hmm. Um, and if whoever wrote it um and directed it. Um, when I said femme fatale, I meant damsel in distress. Right? She wasn't just like some. Yeah, yeah that's what I thought you meant. Like but not a the uh, comic. Sorry, the comic. She's not like that. She's got a little bit of edge, but it's like they like held it back to. It's like mm-hmm. oh, you can kind of like. 
be like just a little bit independent too, as much as we say. <laughs> but I, you know, to me, to me, what we were like, what made that even more like real was just like Prince. Prince was just like bringing her out because he just was like in the music. He was also. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like he's bringing her up or bringing her out of just yeah. being like some background character or like a or somebody who has no. Um, uh, you know, uh, I can't remember the, the correct term. I don't know if we like said the... this, but that Vicky Waiting song was actually called Anna Waiting. It was for his, his girlfriend at the time, the Anna Fantastic. Did we say mm-hmm. that? Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think but, we did. You know, it came through. I so, like, he was, yeah, he, he was seeing something in his life and himself uh, in all of that that, I mean, I think to me cemented for me, like it wasn't, it, none of this was really comic book. I don't know. He really did take it to another level. No offense to Danny Elfman. That was great. Um, no, so if this last month we had a search on Google, and if it was the highest ranked search on Google in the history of Google, this one was probably the second highest ranked search. And it is, it was confirmed that Prince is a hermaphrodite as well, similar to Louis <laughs> Gossett Jr. <laughs> and, Jack, and there's rumor that Prince fathered a baby um to himself um which oh my god um miguel yeah that part's a rumor the first part's true you can go ahead all right i did (laughs) that was a topic of discussion i think we had the last episode for a split second about i mean lewis gossett was on uh what was he in he was in the new uh watchman uh series i thought he was great yeah, he was, like awesome. He, he was awesome. Uh, great to see him in that. Great to see him still doing stuff. And uh, I don't know. He, that warmed my heart because I just go, man, it's amazing. You can be that old and still fuck yourself. I know. <laughs> Actually, I'm hoping that's what you can do. At certain I know, and just reproduce when you're like 90. Yeah. Well, like, so doesn't, it doesn't thing. ever matter. We had LGJ um, as Drac versus Schwarzenegger and Junior, but what about, would you rather be, like, take care of Prince's hermaphrodite child or LGJ's? I just, both. Can I yeah. have them together in my uh That's what Hollywood. all the celebrities want when they're trying to adopt these kids, isn't it? It's just getting, <laughs> just like, want... Prince and then, like, Drac. Louis Gossett. <laughs> Hermaphroditic. Carmathy's baby child. Eclectic. It was the first, you know, I know we're, we're still in corrections corner, but I, I did end up, I was working, but then I, just in the background, I had the Emmys on, and you, you start to realize, like, how much there is that false sense of something there, isn't that there? Or, like, that we make it more than what anyone who makes it could make it. I don't know. Yeah, I guess when they're getting their wards in their living rooms and stuff takes away a little bit from the glitz. So you're yeah. kind of behind the curtain more and realize it's just like people acting. <laughs> um, I I wouldn't even say that. I just would say it's just like you're like, oh okay, yeah, we're we're probably uh, funnier than these people. There there's something. Yeah, there there was just something there that that did bring it down, but then also, I mean, but I very much enjoyed it. I thought it was very entertaining. I love all these people. I didn't really watch it, but I did see, um, you mentioned the Emmys that, and you mentioned the Watchmen, that they it won best score 
Emmy for best score. Yep, um, it was by Atticus Ross At, and Trent yeah. Reznor did the score. Yeah. and it's pretty good. It's uh, got some dark parts to it. It's got some, um, you know, you can definitely hear Nine Inch Nails parts to it. But yeah, I wanted to buy the um, up at the record store. They had the Social Network one on vinyl for them, but it was just like ridiculous. I'm like, I'm not buying that. But we had it. the um, one tie we mentioned, I think, National Lampoons, where it was on Mr. Blue was one of the songs, and then that was on one of the episodes. Yeah. Of course, that's not part of, of the score, but kind of an interesting yeah. tie. I'm sure it's worth checking out, so probably check out that score. I listened to it a little bit, and it might be one worth purchasing. Of course, um, I'm sure you can get it on vinyl, but, you know, it's not an oldie or anything, so. Yeah. <laughs> it's just released this year, so. Oh, yeah, that's what, I mean, that's what I think they're now releasing some of these things. I, I always like the social network one, the score that they, the first one they did. Yeah. And then okay. I liked all the, the, yeah, the Johnny Greenwood one for uh, There Will Be Blood is really good, too. But all of those, are, they're like, they're getting, like, they're getting more expensive. Um, so um, Lemon Crush was a song on the Batman soundtrack. Mm. We were like. Have we had a lemon crush? What is lemon crush? I just double checked that. It's an alcoholic drink. Um, it's citrus vodka, simple syrup, lemon, and a splash of Sprite. So, but is it? I'm pretty sure. I, is it? I, I was taught. I used to call it a lemon drop. So what's the difference between a lemon drop and a lemon crush? Oh man, that's gonna have to go in the next month's crush. All right. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably. Oh, I'm sure it's like a regionality thing where it's yeah, like it's you know the same drink. Or maybe it's not citrus vodka. Maybe it's uh, just vodka. yeah. I don't know. You know, it's like oh, this this you know, north northeast, it's soda, and in the Midwest, it's pop, kind of a thing. I but that know. kind of describes Kim Basinger in my mind. Uh, citrus vodka, simple syrup, lemon, and the splash of Sprite. Maybe not simple syrup. Maybe difficult syrup or something. Different syrup. Why did why did why did Alec hate her so much? I don't know, because he thought he because he was so hot. I guess <laughs> she'd just be like, "Oh my he god, I love you so her. much." Oh, you mean now? Like, yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah. At the time, he's just like, "I am perfect. I'm perfect. You're Vicky Vale. You're not ass." Um. So, um, party man. We, I think we clarified this as we're going through, but Party Man was the dinner scene. And she, I, yeah, I told you. I knew yeah. that when we were doing it. I'm not sure. Which why. was fine. I, I don't think that every episode, one thing gets clicked completely backwards in my brain just when we're recording the episode. <laughs> and like, I can't let you It's called 80s soundtrack dyslexia. You have it. it well, I think it's just for one. I only get one. Every episode, and for some reason, I lock one thing completely backwards in my head, and it's only during the recording. And right when we get done recording, I'm like, "Why did I say that?" Like, I knew it wasn't that. Um, it's I think fine. it's because you're like in the moment, you know, recording. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was fun. I, I was, and then uh, this is the uh, the not correction. Um, Turn it up is still the best fucking song. I know. It's really I, you can listen to that all the time. Yeah, we can just. Uh, I mean, the new ver- the new title of our of our podcast is "Turn It Up." It's just so genius to call the track that too. Like, <laughs> who's gonna turn it down? You know, 
It's called Turn It Up. Oh, Turn It Up. Oh, that's an awesome. That, or, that, it's yeah. called Turn It Up. I better turn it up. Oh, wait, wait. Wait, the, the uh, satellite radio is saying Turn It Up. There's probably something. Oh, it's Kevin. What's his name? <laughs> um, that's most of the correction stuff from the episode, but I have a few topic items for. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you have anything else you can think of from Batman you want to clarify or have any comments? Um, I'm Batman. <laughs> that doesn't sound very convincing. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm Batman. I'm Batman. <laughs> I'm Batman. <laughs> What's um, the best way to say it? <laughs> you're supposed to say it with like a deep growly voice, I guess. Like eh, Christian Bale did. Eh, and Keaton. Eh. Um, you mentioned I got a few random topics now. It won't take too long, but uh, right. you mentioned Johnny B. Good last time. Mm-hmm. I think even yeah. two episodes ago, we mentioned it for some reason. I don't know. It came up, but it's on know, my mind right now. I don't know. And we've talked about um, Spike Lee quite a bit, but it's so crazy how similar those are in plot for He Got Game, kind of. <laughs> oh, for sure. But how different the movies actually ended up. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, he's athletes that are basically getting um, scholarships and you know, yeah, like universities doing all this crazy stuff and showing them go around to that, and then ultimately them like kind of making the right decision. But despite that, kind of, yeah, he got game. Was obviously more layers to it with the whole his dad. Yeah, I mean, that, I love that. That was, I think, that's one of uh, Spike's. Uh, uh, most movie. underrated movies. I still love that movie. No, it's that was a great my favorite. Movie. I actually used yeah. the uh, soundtrack song for a little sketch I did with the boys called uh, White Dads Can't Jump. And um, <laughs> I think it turned out pretty good. But you could check that out separately. Maybe I can post a link to that. I love that you're like, talking about your sketches up from Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just, I was saying the song was awesome. I got into it. Yeah. Along with the movie again, back when we did that, like half a year ago or so, or a year ago. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I mean, I, I can, I will love Public Enemy from now till end of time. Yeah, really. Most yeah. of their tracks are really good, and that's another one. Yeah. Um, do the right thing that we're looking at eventually maybe doing, even though it's more of a serious movie. But that's got a great intro song with um, Rosie Perez doing the um, boxing with um. Public Enemy, and I we haven't said this before, have we, on a podcast? Maybe we did. Anyway. Maybe. But, yeah, so just segueing, sports are back. We just mentioned that. Like, they've got baseball. Oh, yeah. you got basketball going. you got football going. you got I, going. But it's crazy. I don't – I feel like I'm – I don't even know what's happening. Oh, lots of stuff. Base, baseball season's almost done. They're going to the playoffs because they have a short season. Basketball. I don't. Are the Cardinals in? Who's in? Um, it's going to be, there's like eight teams that can make it. So it's, uh, going to be these last like six games to figure that out. But it's card. Yeah, are the Cardinals close or no? Yeah, they can, uh, they're in a playoff spot right now, but there's so many teams that if they lose every game, they could get, be out, but more than likely they'll be in. It just depends what seed they've got expanded teams this year. So, but uh, I was bringing it up more to just talk about, we've had a sorry, bit. I just, I know, you know, more than I, I haven't looked. All right. Okay. Go. We got a little more. We've had a little discussion in the past about some sports movies. We had Doctor John on, and he did um, mm-hmm. uh, from uh, Teen Wolf, which is a great flick. Was it? Was his? It was win in the end, right? Did he no, do win no, in the he end? He did Fur on Fire. Well, it was actually what is it? Hair on fire. Hair on fire. But we we called it Fur on Fire. Yeah. Um, yeah. But we talked about win in the end. And what else? We maybe had a couple others. Uh, I think we talked about space when we had that dialogue. We talked about. 
basketball movies because he said was having us guess and we talked about space that's right jam we talked about space jam a little when we talked about the last dance but um just throwing out there for topic discussion with all these sports back if there's a favorite sports movie you got or a favorite sports song you can think of and i'll go first while you think i mean for me what pops up is kind of a few different things right off the top of my head is like um cool runnings when they do Mm -hmm. the uh, sled and have the chant i guess that's not a song but that's something that um, even with my son, when we do the swings, I do that with him. I'm like, feel the rhythm, feel the rhyme, get on up. It's swinging time. <laughs> <laughs> um, you mentioned Friday Night Lights. That's another one. Explosions in the Sky. Um, yeah. Did a good soundtrack to the, the movie. And I don't know if they use that in the in TV the, show. In the TV show, they might. But the movie's soundtrack with those songs are great. Um. They've got A League of Their Own, that song where they sang the, the We Are the Memory. Oh, yeah. That's kind of a classic one. We Are the Memory. Yeah. Anything you comes to mind for you? What am I thinking about? Sports? Yeah. Uh, Jesus. Or best sports movie? Best sports movie? Um, I mean, it's it's tough because I feel like where you believe in sports is when you're a kid. So I think in our generation, right, it was all those kids' sports movies. Oh, like Rookie of the Year. Or I would, I always Major League. liked uh, Mighty Ducks. Oh, Mighty Ducks. Or yeah, like, that's pretty good. Like the, but I don't know. The, I'm trying to think of all the different. Like there wasn't really songs to that. No, there's but, just um, score songs when they're playing. The, yeah. Like to get yeah. you pumped up. Like Rudy, yeah. Rudy has a score song. Um, meaning that I, they were appealing to that what you're talking about this thing that you uh, this ecstasy that you feel when you win if you will uh, yeah. they were good at exploiting that um, what sports but, um, movie major I, so I, I mean I, I guess that's the thing right we, we came up in a it's such a good question Mikey I think it's almost the crux of why we do this right our sports movies weren't those 90s movies. The sports movies in the 80s, we, we know what they are, right? They're like Quicksilver. They're, uh, Was Mason- they, they, aren't, they aren't Rocky because they aren't there. Maybe Major League, but that's end of 80s, right? Yeah, that was so Wild Thing, Wild yeah. Thing. Yeah, I, remember I love the Wild, Wild Thing. Thing song. That was a pretty good movie. But like all of you... We did what was our thing that we rooted for? We rooted for the kids at the center who were trying to like break dance for their thing. You know, there's there's like some there's a different thing they were rooting for. They weren't rooting for like winning in sports. No, yeah, it wasn't that, like the most prevalent thing, but although they yeah. had whatever that um, mirror, what was the the hockey movie, uh, slap shot? Is that what it's called? Yeah, but slap shot was like a parody, yeah, I guess. Or it's just like a satire of like yeah, what it it's like to be a. When a lot of that stuff started. Yeah, I think which would maybe, be like maybe a... people were craving it, kind of. <laughs> yeah, or that was like a third, third rate, whatever. No, I, I think you you mentioned yeah. Rocky, and we brought that up last time for American movies, but it is a good sports movie, and that song "Gonna Fly" now is pretty good. That's one. Yeah, that I guess so. There you go. I would say it's. I mean, I've said it the last. I think I said it during the uh, the one podcast with uh, just one of the guys. Probably, uh, I live in America. 
with uh, James Brown. Living but, in America, yeah. Yeah, living in yeah, living in America from Rocky Four was probably yeah. my sports movie song that I love the best. Yeah, that's a good one. But I like Gonna Fly now. I think from the Rocky movies, and definitely not Eye of the Tiger though. I would kick that one out. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, maybe the one that's in the middle of all of that is actually from Karate Kid. You're the best around. Oh, yeah. I mean, there. Because that's but like. See, but that's like, on the, you know what I mean? It's on the outside. It, everything. There's not like, nobody played football, you know? That's like on the other side, right? Who's playing football in the 80s? Where is it? There's no 80s football movies, is there? Think about it. I'm trying to think. Johnny B. Yeah. Good. <laughs> Johnny B. Yeah, and that and that has nothing to do with football. Oh, actually, I watched one and it was so bad. It was with um, Robin Williams and um, uh, what's his name? Were they in the eighties or yeah. like they're in the when yeah. they were in high school? He dropped the pass. I thought, yeah, he's the nerd. I thought we should do that one. It's really bad. I watched the movie it was so bad. <laughs> oh fuck! I know. Is this what we should do? Like I'm just always trying to find the difference. It's when bad, I right? Fast forwarded through it, but I still watched the whole thing fast forwarding. But it was pretty bad. <laughs> so it was just. But uh, what was that? Actually, yeah. my my favorite sports scene from a movie ever, and I mentioned it earlier or hinted earlier, is actually in Three Ninjas. Um, do you remember that flick with? Uh, of course. The three kids that learn ninja from their grandfather, Rocky. Cole, Who is? And who is their grandfather? And Tom Tom. Will you tell who oh, the grandfather is? I don't know his acting name. I forget. Uh, yeah, but what is he from? He's the guy from Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah. <laughs> and he's way too old to, for the movie, so they have these. When they do the fighting scenes, they have a fill-in, and it looks so fake in the movie. But yeah. they um, there's a great there's a great sports scene in that movie where. Uh, Rocky and Colt decide to take on the two bullies and two-on-two basket street basketball. Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they're betting their bikes against uh, the girl that Emily's bike try to win it back. And they spot them nine points in a game to ten. Mm. But it's so funny. It's just because, like, just because they do ninja, like, practice with their grandpa, somehow they can, like, jump 300 feet and dunk it and stuff. Of course. <laughs> of course. I forgot how much you got. You guys loved you and, and B loved you. We called B Tum Tum, didn't we? I just and, I watched uh, that with the kids uh, the other day. It's on. I think it's Amazon, uh, it's Amazon Prime. So <laughs> I okay, found it. I gotta watch it. I then. randomly found it, and I was like, "You guys gotta see this." They loved it. They went nuts. <laughs> I mean, they were like, "It's so so many times in that movie, someone should die because they have like machine guns, and they just stand there with the machine gun and let them do like the crap stuff until they get punched when they could just like unload." That's so. The grand. We just want to say to a group of like thirteen ninjas with machine guns, they just stand there while he does this like flip and don't shoot him, and it's just like, what's going on? I gotta watch it now. I remember us all loving it. We never. We made. Uh, I think we made. These nunchucks out of like, uh, out of like Lincoln log roof things. Oh, oh yeah. that's great! That's great. It's worth checking out though, like, if you got a little time again. From what is that? Like, who produced that? Do you I have any know. idea? I didn't even look at all that really, but they have yeah. a second one. Three ninjas <laughs> kick back. I'm, I'm tempted to watch it with the kids because it looked. And they got all the actors back, obviously, because I don't think they're in high demand or anything. So that's the good part. There's a lot of good continuation. Um, yeah. All right. Switching gears. One more thing. I think we got to mention is that we lost Chad with Bozeman. 
Mm. He lost the Black Panther. He died from cancer. And we did. We God. And we lost lost um, RBG Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Oh yeah. This month, so I thought it was, that was just worth noting. Not that we want to be Debbie Downers or anything, but <laughs> and let's be honest, they are on par with each other. Yeah. So unfortunate. And what's crazy is obviously well, not crazy, but um, Chadwick Boseman played uh, Thurgood Marshall. That was one of his first main movies was him, who's obviously was the first African-American Supreme Court justice, um, mm-hmm. which kind of ties there versus RBG. So. Yeah, we um, were upset. I know nobody's upset, but I mean, everyone's upset. But uh, it was so funny. I think I sent you that picture of um, somebody got... Amelie, the RBG shirt because she's a girl, which is fine. And then also John and Heather got her a little RBG finger puppet that she has just loved for the last two weeks. I'm not even kidding. So it's like there's no time. She just loves it. She likes it. So she played, like, that's her favorite bedtime toy. That's her favorite little toy. And we have this picture of her with in our bathroom with her little the shirt on where, where she's playing with it but like she continues to play with it but we were just like oh that's so funny and sad and happy and awesome and all the things that that makes you feel because she'll remember that i'm sure that's cute yeah well also chadwick played um james brown and mm-hmm. uh, you mentioned uh uh you mentioned Rocky with um, Living in America. Living in America, but let's be honest, the real James Brown. What's that? The boyfriend of the girl. Oh. (laughs) Just one of the guys. Oh, yeah. Yep. I know, that's what I was going to say. And then tied to that movie where the love interest um, is a big James Brown fan. And I guess he (laughs) gave him some tips. And also, there's James Brown is in the movie we're doing as well. Um, one of his songs. So. Oh, that's right. Yep. So it's kind of like a and then a four-way, five-way tie here we got going. Uh, <laughs> no, but I think both of those people will be missed. Um, they were great in their professions and um, just worth relevant, worth I think mentioning at least for a quick second. Should we? That's kind of all I had for current like topics. And, yeah. Um, that's uh, fine. Do you want to get into so the get, movie? Should we get into it? Yeah, that? let's get into it. All right. All right. We're excited to let you know what the movie is and get into the Oh, my gosh. Everything. Like we mentioned before, it's fall. Kids are going back to school. Sports are back. Um, Sports what else? are uh, back. We got election uh, season. Election season. Yeah. So um, we could be doing we could be doing back to school. We could be doing fast. Oh, uh, we could be doing election from 1998. We could be doing um, a, few, a Few Good Men. No, a Few Good Men. Y- you do not sense. want to know the truth of the thing that I'm saying. Am I right? Men maybe I'm doesn't a... make sense unless you're tying it to the courts and like RBG or something. <laughs> I'm not sure why I said that. But seriously, that's... Uh, what's the can thing? I say all something? Kingsmen. I meant all the Kingsmen. Yeah, but that is the speech, right? He goes, you don't want to know the lie that I'm saying. Yeah. Right? Is that close? Pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Was that Damon Wayans? The yeah. 
Uh, Days the Confused. We could be talking about. We could be talking about uh, American Punch. We could be talking about uh, Fox and Hound from Disney Plus. Dead Poet Society. You mentioned that one. We could, yeah, we could be talking about the other version of Dead Poet Society with that's not Robin Williams. The one with the what's his name? With Kevin. The dead, or not, with the dead poet. We could be talking about. <laughs> no, what's the one? What is his name? Why don't, can't I think of his name? Kevin. Kevin, uh, whatever. It's another one where he's like an English professor. They just it was like the Dead Poet Society ripoff. They're capping in like nineteen ninety five. Kevin, uh, he was in a fish called Wanda. What was his name? Oh, uh, I don't remember that one though. Yeah, I'll have to see if I can see that one. We mentioned Soul Man. It could be any of those. So. Oh yeah, <laughs> we mentioned it could be Soul Man. It is Soul Man. Here we Soul go. Man. We were. That was the final two. It was between Soul Man and and this one, the one we which is. Hey, it's summer school, y'all. It's summer school. Yep, summer school. You're welcome, America. You're welcome, America. We wanted to stay maybe like a little above board, probably while we mm-hmm. summer school with everything going on. And then we thought it fit in well just because, like I mentioned earlier, most people aren't really going back to school right now. It's more like summer school. Like it's, it's basically just- it's summer or you know what we should have we should have just done a version of remedial school where you have to stay with your family and be inside <laughs> and just <laughs> learn arithmetic. With virtual, with the virtual learning and the hybrid models and all that stuff, it's more like summer school than re-school, re, you know, real school right now. And a lot of the te- the uh, auxiliary teachers, which are the parents, you know, are kind of like the summer school teacher. But we'll get into and, that when we and and the whole and, and it's all wrapped up in the idea that every one of us, your mothers, your fathers, we all just want to fuck Mark Harmon. <laughs> from 1987, and we could do just to get a job teaching at them. <laughs> Shoop! Shoop! All right, movie summary. Summer school, 1987, <laughs> One hour and 30 minutes. And here's the, do you want to do the description or you want me to read the IMDb one, two sentences? Kyle Reiner had a Coke, did some Coke, and oh, said, no. I think I, ma- I made my son go to summer school because he's a fucking moron. <laughs> now... I want to write a movie about it. Done. Yeah, so, All right, you I do mean, your real one. That's good. That really described it. But <laughs> it is pretty – it's like kids that are not doing well in school have to go to summer school. And it's, the teacher that was going to do summer school wins the lottery. And so they have to find another teacher last minute, and he, the gym teacher gets – in Let's be honest. The, and the, the teacher that won the lottery is Carl Reiner. Yep, he is. Which he directed the movie, which we'll get into in a second. But yeah, um, but uh, because the gym teacher needs tenure, he needs like the assistant principal to give him t- a recommendation for tenure. So then he ends up agreeing to do it. But in the end, he fig- obviously there has to be all the characters have to have change. In the end, the the group of losers, the students, losers in quotes, and the teacher who's a loser, end up you know uh, working together. He actually learns how to teach. They actually learn how to learn in the end of the day in a win-win and kind of all the happy go lucky feelings uh, along with 
um, seeing a bunch of teen challenges and them getting over the, some of those as well. Can I, can I just ask you something? Yeah. Did they, because the poster for this fucking movie has nothing to do with this movie. Why? It's him with his dog, which does it. Yeah, but he's so good. Is it? Yeah, but so can I ask you something? Is it because? Because, right, there's three movies I think of when I look at this fucking poster. Turner and Hooch, so you got Hanks. This one with Harmon and the dog, and then the fucking canine with uh, uh, Jim Belushi's brother and a uh, dog. And Cujo. And no. Yeah, and Cujo. But it's they're literally, each one of, in each one of those, they're the same, it's a man with a dog over his shoulder movie. People love dogs. Why? The thing. I know, but why... And I think they all came out at the same time. But why did they position, marketing-wise, this movie? Because it, it's so much more than both of both Turner and Hooch. I love Turner and Hooch. I think this is a better movie. Canine, obviously a piece of shit. <laughs> it's with Jim, Jim Belushi's brother. That's a good it's one. A piece That's of my shit. favorite one. It's, it's actually, <laughs> of the three, you like that one? I don't know. They but, were using, the dog is weird in this movie. I guess it was just so he had some kind of companion in marketing. I understand. I understand. But what I'm asking is, like, why? I don't understand. I really, like, were the marketers that narrow-minded or, like, tunnel-focused on, like, what was working? Because I, I really think that's all the same year. And I don't it's know. just, like... I don't think it's too bad. Dogs are like dogs with, you know, is it the Buds McKenzie thing? Because he's got the he's got uh, the handkerchief around his neck and the like the neon sunglasses. That has nothing to do with this movie. This movie is I, so much. I don't agree. I think the dog was one of the deepest characters in the flick. <laughs> No, he, no, 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 no. I'm when not, he, he did yeah. great acting when he got all depressed when the, his yeah thing. No, I'm out. not. Yeah, I'm not discounting the dog acting. I'm saying that they're basically saying surmising this movie as it's Mark Harmon and a dog. It has nothing to do with Mark Harmon and the dog. Like, really, and I, I understand what you're saying. Yes, it does on a metaphorical level, but. I, I, I don't know. I, I'm not saying you should put the group of kids on there. I just think there's mo- so much. I think there, the group of the kids was too much. And this captures it. He's got his vacation stuff on, but also works for summer school in California. But he was going to go to Hawaii. The dog is there. <laughs> the dog is wearing sunglasses. So that's a key one. Um, the movie grossed $35 million. On a six million budget. You stop saying you're a really shitty sales. You don't convince me yet. You have to uh, convince me. So pretty good success for a random kind of easy flick to make. This was actually filmed in the same school as Karate Kid. Okay. Pretty neat, huh? You mentioned it. The director was Carl Reiner. So he was most famous really for Dick Van Dyke show in the fifties. But more recently he was in the Ocean's Eleven series. And Back to back, he did Summer Rental and this movie. So both had Summer in the name. Summer uh, Rental but, uh, with John Candy and the family trip. Um, which is another one we could do. I mean, I love that movie. 
And Carl Reiner was on the soundtrack of that movie, a song called Dolores, and I tried to listen to it, but I couldn't find it. Uh, I, I mean, I almost, I don't know. Between those two, those are two of my favorite. Yeah, no. How's that? How is that soundtrack? Those are really good back-to-back summer rental and summer school. Summer rental, not yeah. that good. Not that good, unfortunately. But I don't you mean know. the soundtrack? Not yeah. the movie. The soundtrack. Yeah, the yeah. soundtrack's not that good. But I think there's a couple in there. Eventually, maybe we could do it. Just yeah. Um, he was also in a movie that caught my eye called Fatal Instinct, and it was like a spoof on thrillers. <laughs> that spoofed <laughs> Fatal Attraction. Basic Instinct, Chinatown, Cape Fear. And I haven't seen that movie, but I put it down as one to check out because I think that could be mm. kind of funny with Carl Reiner. You mean it's going to be like Carl Reiner uh, in a prince costume at the end? Yeah, probably something like that. So I, I kind of noted that one. I said, I got to check that one out. But um, Carl Reiner, um, you mentioned him, and it's probably, I mean, he um, was the director, so obviously, but he, he was uh, a main force behind this flick getting made. And like we said, uh, summer rental with summer school, back to back years, pretty successful. Summer rental is pretty, pretty, pretty uh, out there, but almost kind of like uh, not, not, uh, not better off dead. But what was the other one <laughs> that was made right after that one? Yeah, uh, the the other we mentioned it. Yeah, I can't remember, but th- those feel similar a little bit. Like yeah, except for like he was like he was trying to go to his aesthetic. That yeah. crazy guy. Yeah. yeah. Like that a little bit. But John Candy kind of kept it in line, maybe like a little bit, you know, with, yeah. his, with his acting comedy and character where like if he wasn't there, maybe it would have gone a little bit more towards that sequel to Better Off Dead. Mm-hmm. A little bit more style, you know. It's One Crazy Summer. One Crazy yeah, one Summer. Yeah, One Crazy Summer. There we go. Um, Mark Harmon, you mentioned it. Um, he's the, uh, the main actor. He's the gym teacher that does the summer school. So... We always do this, right? Since we've been uh, doing this podcast, number 10, uh, who would Sean fuck um, in the movie, right? Or what do we you call it? The, the Patrice the, Award? Mm-hmm. You would leave your wife. It wasn't about the sex, so. Oh. It was about well, deeper things. <laughs> like just, who would I love to become uh, partnership partners with? Yep. Kirstie Alley and Mark Harmon in this movie, but oh. together, like as a like a like a threesome. Well, yeah, but not... she was the um, she was also a character. She was another summer school teacher, I guess, and she like is dating the assistant principal, and then she helps provide guidance to Mark, and then they, spoiler alert, fall in love, basically. Oh my god, no! But they the last scene is amazing. Kirstie Alley never looked better. When they're making out in the sand and the dog comes up. And yeah. I just want to be the... Uh, actually, oh, okay. All right. You're right. I said it too early. Foursome. Me, the dog, Mark Harmon, Kirstie Alley. Foursome, not in for sex. Literally, life partnership. And the doll head. The dog's doll head. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, my, the my buddy doll head. Wonder. I forget what he called it. I got to put up something. But yeah, they couldn't. They couldn't say my buddy because they were going to get sued. So they said Mark Harmon were in a major TV movie called Prince of Bel Air. Did you see that? No. And it looks like the exact same movie as Summer School almost, except he's a pool. He's a pool cleaner guy instead of gym teacher. It's oh my god! I think they really just. I think 
as much as I had respect for Carl Reiner, I don't know if you just saw that movie. It was like, let's just make that for real or something. <laughs> because it's like the same. And the guy Chainsaw is in it. Um, a couple other people from this movie are in that movie. But it's crazy because Mark Harmon, after this movie, he had like nothing. Yeah. And maybe it's the couple movies he did after and I haven't seen them. They're like bad movies. I don't know. But he does pretty decent job in this movie act i thought he's a good good guy in this movie yeah i I always liked him then he's like off the map but of course later on then he's like on every tv show like ncis um i think like west wing like he was in like 15 different tv shows in the 90s and 2000s and stuff but i thought he was a charismatic guy i thought he was funny it was funny no no other movies really so yeah i I don't know how why he dropped off Maybe he never really made it. Maybe this movie wasn't something that really got. But thirty-five million on a six million budget, making twenty-nine million back then. That's yeah, but you got to remember it's however much, however many millions to market it. But he had two yeah. fear, two random credits. I saw he was a magazine reporter in Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas that I thought was kind of interesting. That's cool. In Natural Born Killers, he was Mickey Knox in Wayne Gale's Reconstruction. <laughs> uncredited i don't know what that means. what do you say reconstruction yeah natural born killers he was the character mickey knox and wayne gale's reconstruction that's what it says mm. i want interesting i put a note to check that out i thought that was kind of random both those parts what were they doing were they like freaking out or something i don't yeah. know but i want to see i want to figure that out because i think it's kind of just different you know yeah yeah um you mentioned Kirstie Alley. She was in Cheers, the TV show. And then we talked about her a little bit. And Look Who's Talking was kind of her big movie. Um, oh, and Runaway she was in, which we can't yeah. with Tom Selleck. We mentioned that with oh my God. fighters. And, um, I'm just saying, I, and I, I'm not about looks and all this. I just, I loved her in this movie. I remember that when re-watching it, I was like, oh my God, I forgot how much I loved Kirstie Alley in this. Yeah, no, I did like her too, but... Um, Again, she kind of didn't go into movies after. Oh, like, look who's talking. Then it was kind of done. Yeah, um, she was also in Star Trek Two: The Wrath of Khan. You know, yeah, <laughs> yeah, back in the day. I mean, that was an old one. Yeah, another random tie. But it, they're just like I think, like all these people in this movie, like they're so good, but they ended up being TV actors, right? Courtney Thorne Smith. Yep. Who else is the other famous person from it? Well, uh, or they had. Um, like more like B movies, but I'll, I'll go through like yeah. a couple of those in a second. That, but a couple of them I really like. But finishing out Kirstie Alley, just another tie to something recent was she was in one Prince video as a news reporter, Three Chains of Gold. So I thought mm. that was interesting as well. But nice. most people know Kirstie Alley. Most people I think know Mark Harmon. But then you started getting to it. The kids in the school, there's like quite a cast of characters. But um, Patrick. And I'll try to just do, I just do like one snippet of a few of them, not all of them. Um, Patrick Leveratu, the only reason I bring him up, he was in Three Ninjas. <laughs> he was one of the We're guys. Sure. He was one of the surfing dudes that tried to kidnap the kids. Um, but he, is, is that the football player? Yeah, that's the football guy. And he was also yeah. in Ghoulies 3, Ghoulies Go to College. So, had to mention that one. Ghoulies are, any Ghoulies movie is a classic. <laughs> Courtney. He looked, I mean, yeah, that guy was funny. He looked like a Patrick. He yeah. looked like an Irish guy. Courtney Thorne-Smith, you mentioned her. She's like uh, the surfing girl that falls in love with Mark Harmon or his teacher character. She was in Revenge of the Nerds too. 
Nerds in Paradise, so we got to mention that. Oh, we brought that movie up in episode one, and just to be clear, take me, <laughs> take me back to. Can we? All right, can we just do it? What? The whole. Do you think we'll ever do Nerds in Paradise oh, as yeah. a soundtrack? No, we'll probably do it on the year anniversary. Uh, all right, all right. But yeah, to be clear, like you said, it was Nerds in Paradise, not Nerds in Love. So just to be yeah. clear there, so everybody knows. <laughs> get them confused. <laughs> With the whole um, trilogy, the nerds trilogy, sexology, or <laughs> um, okay. So this is one I love for Cordenstone Smith that made me go bonkers. The movie Side Out with C. Thomas Howell, who also happened to be in the lead character in Soul Man. Do you remember the movie Side Out? If you like Top yeah. Gun, if you like the scene in Top Gun where they play volleyball with their shirts out, Side Out is the whole movie of that. Yeah, I remember, you remember it. that one. That one's so good. yeah. I'm going to watch that one because it got me really pumped up. <laughs> but you got to check that one out. Well, I haven't listened to the soundtrack because that one's good. It might be what we're doing next month because it ties They're just like fucking, they're like fucking killing each other inside out. It's like they're literally doing Top Gun outside out. Like the, the volleyball is missiles. Yep. Um, Gary Riley, he was in Stand By Me. He, was, he had a small part. That was uh, the guy opposite Chainsaw. I forget his name. Um, and then Kelly Joe Minter was the girl that had dyslexia. Oh, his uh, Dave, Dave, yeah. yeah, Dave. And then Kelly Joe Minter was the girl that had dyslexia and needed help. Right? Yeah, she was in the Lost Boys, which is a good one. And she was under one of my favorites, um, the People Under the Stairs. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, yeah. she was like the main character yeah. on People Under the so Stairs. Was, I, she's a she's a good actor. Yeah, she's pretty good, and she was in House Party as well with Kid. And- yeah. So all of those we've kind of chatted. Maybe not people under the stairs we've chatted about, but the other ones we chatted about, and those are all pretty good flicks. So she had Man, people under the stairs, underrated, great, kind of like funny horror movie, whatever whatever that genre was, yeah. right? No, it was just yeah. interesting. Yeah, yeah, I love that kind of B horror movie. And I don't know. It's something about a kid too, like the had they had the kid as one of the main characters as well. And then kind of being like how there was like this hidden maze throughout the whole house. Yeah, no, that's not. They would, Yeah, it was like the, they were like they had all like seen ET. And they were like, "What else makes kids interested yeah. in things?" Basically, kind of how like Elliot was like, "Wait, they were being funny." <laughs> <laughs> um, Dean Cameron played Chainsaw, and he was in Ski School with Patrick Leroy too, as well, which is a pretty decent B movie as well. But one of the interesting yeah. ones, he his like next main role that he was in that I maybe was trying to get him to start him was um, a movie called Rockula, which was a musical about Dracula, which isn't Jesus. that that one movie now um, where they do that as a joke where the main character yeah. wrote a movie about that really Whatever in the it is, 80s yeah. and he must just have never seen it. But the soundtrack of that looks pretty good. Um, but yeah, he's like a vampire or whatever and he likes rock music and <laughs> there's not a lot much more to it than that, but but that was like, I mean, that, yeah, to me, that, that Dean Cameron, I go, this is like a guy that I feel like should be a, I mean, he was, he stole the movie to me. Oh, yeah. Uh, he was, a, yeah, yeah, he was like Buddy, like we said, and um, just one of the um, guys in terms of like really carrying the film in a lot of situations. I can't remember anything. <laughs> I can't remember anything. He's got a lot of great comedy lines. He's got, I mean, 
I don't know. They did, and that the movie. I mean, after watching it, so so that's kind of the summary of the characters and kind of giving you a taste of what they did, which is really good. I know you said, yeah, a lot of them went to to um, TV shows. That's true. I didn't really mention those, but some of the movies they did touch are pretty good. And but out of all of those, really, this movie, watching again, the way they um, the connection they had between the students and Mark Harmon as a teacher was pretty really good, actually. I think. And I liked how when they made the deal for him to uh, like, they would actually try to learn if he helped them with their extra problems and some of those problems they had that he integrated with them, like they made sense, you know, they weren't like fake and kind of added some good depth, I think to their relationship and the characters and stuff. And uh, Mm -hmm. no, yeah, I mean, that's like, I think Carl, I mean, obviously he's a great writer so he actually, there was something there. Yeah, yeah. it was actual real content. And I was surprised rewatching it because when I hadn't seen it in a while, I just thought about, oh, when they do kind of like the horror scenes or, oh, gimmicky, they do this or that, like more of the gimmicky parts of it. You know, that's what stood out to me. But when I watched it now as an adult, I'm like, hey, this is actually pretty good. Um, yeah. You know. That's what I thought. I, I thought the same thing. It's just like, this guy just wants help with this thing. She wants help with her. She wants help with this. And. That's that's really teaching, like they said. You teach them the life skills, and then teach everyone the uh, whatever you want to call it, the academic skills. But if you do them in parallel or in tandem, you can make them a better person. Beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It was. It is in the movie too, which I was just I was so surprised by that. But yeah, there are some things. Yeah. Maybe having the one kid be a stripper. I don't know. Maybe that's okay, I guess. But, but. I thought that was also really funny. Yeah. Cause it's like, oh, man, you're up. You turned your paper in. He's like, yeah, my mom caught me. I know, yeah. So, <laughs> but I know, but there's a, I was just saying a couple times it goes off the wall a little bit. Um, yeah. You know, here and there. And it was maybe one of the one. Of the it, got, it got me. And it was a Saturday. We watched it last Saturday. And we thought it was really, really funny. And, and Elliot thought it was funny. And it was really nice to see. Yeah. I mean, but not, I mean, yeah. no, no more than any other 80s movie that even legitimate 80s movies, like going off the rails a little, you know, it's just, yeah, it's just kind of part of the landscape a little bit. So maybe like, like, what do you, yeah. what do you felt like, what did you feel like was the part that went off the rails? I'm just trying to think. Or just like, cause to me, so we'll talk about this as a soundtrack. Number one, you're asking me, what's the, my favorite sports, you know, what's my favorite sports uh, anthology or sports movie or whatever none of those what's my favorite test sequence of all time this movie <laughs> come on oh yeah is there a better fucking test no and we'll get into uh, montage i have have you ever seen anyone make a test look more fun yeah, than this movie the main song with the soundtrack goes with the test yeah thing, so we're gonna get into that for sure but maybe that was the one thing is Spoiler alert again, but the one girl having the baby at the test, like, <laughs> I don't know. I guess maybe if I was writing it, oh. that's what I would do. But at the same time, it's kind of like, come on. I mean, <laughs> I see what you're saying. Like, now that's the thing that, like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's, there's dramatic climax. It's too much. Yeah, yeah. Just a little bit. But I guess because they do have good depth in the writing and characters in other places, it probably just, it doesn't stick out as bad. I sure for that's so funny. Like for me, that that's like flatline. It's like you go for a test, 
this girl's pregnant and she's gonna go into labor. Yeah, I mean that happened all the time growing up. Like, no. I, so I'll be honest. We were friends with this girl. Like, I feel like this doesn't happen anymore. Uh, Zumba and I, you know, he'd always pick me up. We picked up this girl for a long time who was like pregnant. Just she was sixteen when we were like freshmen in high school. Are you being serious right now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she had the baby during a test. And then she had the baby. No, she just gave up. She had a baby and then gave it up. Oh, that girl was in... um... Shoot, I thought I had some good things about that girl. That's okay. I forget. I guess I didn't have something done about it. But the girl that was pregnant in the movie, she was in a couple of good flicks as well, but I must have missed. I must have figured what I had was good enough. What was she in? Oh, man. There was something that she was in that was really good. Oh, well. We'll have to look it up. We'll do that as Corrections Corner next time. Or maybe look it up. She was, right? We'll mention it later in the soundtrack. Um, Yeah, she was in it definitely in one or two really good movies. I know. I thought I remember seeing her in something. Yeah. All right. But obviously, you know, it's it's a there's a lot of we mentioned a lot of classic school movies. This one probably doesn't get mentioned up there. As much as the others, but after- what would you say are the what's the <clears throat> what's the Rushmore of school movies? If we got to do them, and where does summer school lie? Oh, that's what I'm saying. They're probably for most people, it's not up there. They probably have Fast Times at Ridgemont High. They probably have yeah. Breakfast Club and mm-hmm. what, um, like Sixteen Candles or something, you know. Ferris, I was thinking Ferris. I was I was thinking Ferris Bueller. Oh, Ferris Bueller, yeah. And then like Sixteen Candles or like one of those series kind of movies, and those are probably yeah. Mount Rushmore. And I don't think many people think about summer school, but I'll say when I mentioned it to Kelly, she got pretty excited. So I think it's one of those that are kind of like yeah, you know what it is? It's like the rock. It's like the rocks that have chipped off. Like the rocks that have chipped yeah. off of the Rushmore. Yeah, where they got chiseled. They chiseled it out. Yeah. Like, and then slowly it's becoming a mini Mount Rushmore. <laughs> yeah, Mount Rushmore. Have you been to South Dakota recently? People, There's just there's like more than three people listen to our podcast, it would, but I don't think that's the case because <laughs> Kelly kind of completely forgot about it until I told her. And she's like, oh, we watched this like a hundred times when we were kids. Literally like a hundred times. I love this movie. Summer school. But she didn't remember it off the top of her head either, you know, because it's just one of those. It's just yeah. one of those that. It's gotten lost. Um, the 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 Mount Mors- Rushmore rock was actually somehow near the ocean and just drifted away. <laughs> no, it's they, there. I think it's right there in South Dakota with a bunch of COVID but from the movie all the, is on the coast. bike rally the people. Movie was filmed on the coast in LA, and the school's called like all right. ocean. whatever. All right, I get it. Just do whatever metaphor you want to do. <laughs> I never do. I'm never Elliot ran up the stairs. He got I mean he got so scared and I came I go, baby, look, it's they're kidding. And then he goes, They're kidding? Oh my god, he was like so innocent. He's never he doesn't even know what that is. He goes, Yes, it's just they're just being Funny. That scene was, I forgot that this happened in summer school. I mean, they should have got like, an award for that for like makeup. 
mean, that's yeah. pretty good. Yeah. And they, they actually, the behind the things was they filmed, they, they, Paul Reiner timed that scene to be filmed on Halloween so the cast could go to their Halloween parties with that on. Oh, that's yeah, cool. So they just went to Halloween parties after with all their stuff on from the day's filming with that stuff, which is, yeah, that was pretty neat. From seeing, oh, being, seeing that, it's like one of the best, like, kind of like makeup scenes. Cause I don't know, it just, the way it comes off, it's not, you know, it's not really the movie, you know, and you know, supposedly yeah. the kid's doing it, but so you can kind of like enjoy it in a different way than, say, like in a horror film for some reason. Yeah. I just, I think, I think this is one of the best movie. I, I, I love this movie and I, I love the soundtrack. I, it's, it is one of those things that is a gem that I think people don't, like you said, maybe if they grow up in our era, if you tell it to them, they're going to remember. And then it'll be weird for other people. So be like, what is this? But it's, it's exactly what we've always been looking for. Right. No. Yeah. The soundtrack. And then I was surprised, surprised by the movie and surprised by the soundtrack, like you're saying, after going through it one more time. And I thought the soundtrack was going to be decent because there is a good amount of the songs in the movie. And I remembered some of the tunes from the movie a bit. And um, we mentioned one of the main songs in another episode. And that was a music video I had remembered as well, you know, just from my history. Um, mm-hmm. But again, pleasantly surprised how good the soundtrack is how fun the movie is and how good they are together because i think the last few episodes i don't know if we've had double positives on soundtrack and movie like this for a bit it's been like soundtracks a little bit better movies well maybe batman i guess you can't really argue too much with that but but in a way different way like we said than an 80s maybe from an 80s like movie stand well so so what i'll say and i'll say this before and then we can start doing the soundtrack Here's what here's my thought today listening to it. This what it's 87, right? Yep. And it feels probably like an 85 soundtrack. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, because uh, does that make someone... sense? And then and then think about this is only 2 years removed from Prince where basically like we said, right? It starts off with this is the future and it will be I mean that sounds like the few. I mean that sounds relevant now. So, as much as I love it, it is a, it is a piece in time. Do, do, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Like it's a, yeah. We've seen that. Like we've meaning, seen where yeah. Like the '87. We've had a few '87 movies yeah. where they're 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 still it's made really '80s because yeah, it was '85, '82 to '85, and there are still continuation of the same type of themes and who they so, who they hired to do the music and who did the music and stuff like that and how they were writing their music to, versus yeah then you start going 87 to 90s and some of them you get in the 90s some of them it's a lot less 80s for sure and then obviously Batman's yeah. just different because it was Prince and it was like the future <laughs> but um yeah yeah it is but it is what, a crazy what contrast though too so you're doing last yeah. episode to now I, and that's so to me. I would go back two episodes for us to. Dream um, of baby. No, yeah, Dream of Baby, which is fucking which crazy. Was 87 as well. That was there's nothing. No, uh, lampoons yeah. oh, where they're coming. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They're like, whatever you could say, it's all 80s, 
when they're coming over a divide, right? They're bringing a divide over into their version of whatever it is. Well, you also, we also this, talked about fast times at Ridgemont High, and you said that was 70s too, which it kind of is. So that's a similar yeah. one. That's a, a movie, uh, a high school movie flick as well. That was early 80s. That was but, like National Lampoons. But I'm saying like this, I swear to God, this this movie was probably in development since like 85. Oh, so, yeah. And then... And then it got produced, and then it sounds a yeah, little too late be, for the soundtrack. Soundtrack, and then it, it's just carrying over whatever you want to say. I think there is a mid '80s sound. They're taking the mid '80s sound into the late '80s, same way right. that I, there's uh, quite a few. Does that make sense? These develop yeah. faster than others, and then they get these. They got to get all the contracts put together, and same, you know, same for who they're hiring to do the music. They. You know, it just expands mm-hmm. out and takes that time, even though, like you said, it probably was. You looked this up. It was probably develop, started development in 85 or something. They start hiring all the musicians or, you know, as a secondary to the to the cast. But all those contract terms and figuring that out and getting all the production through takes that time. And you've got that lag for, you know, what you're trying to do to when it gets. Right. Done. Yeah. So. Which I'm saying in retrospect, it sounds awesome. I love the I love the soundtrack, but just saying it in its place in at eighty seven doesn't say, seem right. It should be like an eighty. If it was on the cutting edge, it should be an eighty five, right? And it's not. Yeah, I guess so. But That's like it. we had three men and a baby in eighty seven, and that was not far off from this. And there's a few other flicks that had the same thing. So I don't think at the time I don't know that it was anything peculiar yeah. or anything because that's just the way it was oh i'm not i'm just saying if you're putting it on the absolute you know you're putting it on on the rushmore you're putting it up top it would be the up top ones what did they have they had the soundtrack right mm-hmm. so i'm all i'm saying is this didn't it had the soundtrack i think it just didn't come out at the right time sure yeah so, like, if, the, if think about the soundtrack coming out, I don't know, 85 even. But I think maybe 84 was 85 as well, and it had one go. Elfman. Yeah. I yeah. don't know. I don't have to. Remember. So, so just Elfman is just passed no matter what happens. Yeah. He never had it. He just tried it. Yeah. I think he does, though. I don't know. I, I mean, I love that first song yeah. that we're going to do right now. Right. We're talking about the soundtrack now. Mm-hmm. Through the movie. A nice little recap. So um, I can start with some of, a few little facts about the soundtrack. Does that make sense? And then yes. we can just get into the um, go get into the tracks from there. So um, obviously the soundtrack was released with the movie. I think that was 1987. Um, it was late. It was issued on the label Chrysalis. Have you heard of that one before? It sounds like Volcano. <laughs> well, they're a little bit better. They had a really good 80s because they had um, artists such as Billy Idol, Pat Benatar, Blondie, and Huey Lewis in the news. So they, had, they had a really strong 80s. Outside of that, it wasn't like much success after the so you're saying yeah as you're saying chrysalis backed huey lewis they were probably the backers on the lawsuit against uh what's his name for the ghostbusters song ray parker jr oh really i think so 
They're the record label, maybe. Yeah, well, we'll find out probably if we do that movie. We'll find that out, or we can look it up for next episode. Either one. But um, they are Chrysalis is also credited with making the uh, first music video album. Um, okay. Blondie's Eat to the Beat album, mm-hmm. and it was it wasn't the one. Obviously, like the first one in the MTV was um, Video Killed the Radio Star, but. Um, this was before that, in 1979, before there was any MTV or anything. Um, so they released it. Uh, I think they had a video cassette that would go with the album when you bought the album. So you could watch it at home. So it was like more like an art project thing, huh? Yeah. Kind of. That's yeah. kind of cool, though, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Anyway, also we uh, related to the soundtrack or just like music in the movie. This um, Danny Elfman made a full score for this movie. And it was never released. Oh, my God. Yeah. So that's the only known score ever created by him that was never, has never, anything, nothing's been released ever. What I'll say is, knowing what we know about 1989, right? And Batman with Danny Elfman and Prince and him getting real pissy about that. This was the start of it, right? So that's why he's on edge already. They go, Elfman... All right, make a score, and we'll, they'll put their first song on the album. That first song that's on the album, barely they, they barely play it, um, and they don't really play his verses in the song, so he's a little pissy. Then by 89, he like does it again, and he gets overshadowed by Prince. So it's like it, I think it takes till the 90s what he probably does. I, when he gets to be the voice of like Jack uh, Skelton, Skelton, and then they, I think, you know, they, they really featured his score in like Batman Returns and Edward Scissorhands and those. I mean, I could, just, to, like, I could see that, but I think there's probably more to it and something more specific with Prince than that, because like from eighty-five or four to like eighty-nine, ninety, he's doing he's doing like so many soundtracks that. I don't know if you'd get so upset about this movie, which wasn't that uh, big of a movie, you know, the score not getting, maybe, maybe though, but um, he, he made so many good scores and soundtrack songs and stuff. I, I doubt this score is bad. Did that, I guess they, they don't say why they didn't do it. No, they Did they feel like why. it didn't fit? I, I think they just... With that, when you think, when I watch that movie, I go like, "Why would that need a score?" I mean, you can—I'm sure you could fit it in, but you don't. It doesn't have to have a score for that comedy, like, you know, uh, it just doesn't have to. It's not the kind of movie that would need something like that. I don't think. I know in the '80s they did put him in in more some of the comedies and stuff. um, A bit. The good ones. It could have taken this to the next level, maybe. Who knows? It might have, but but I'm, you know. I'd be interesting. I don't, but obviously, if they've kept it a secret that long, I don't see how you're ever going to find it. Yeah, you know. And if so, and you can't it, get it. You're saying you can't get it anywhere. No, you can't. Nobody. I mean, look, try. I mean, that's another thing we can do. Just like we've got like five of those, where it's like probably no way to ever get it, but we can add it to the list, and maybe someday we'll go. You know, like we said, we'll start that TV show where we go try to like dig up all the stuff you can't find. <laughs> <laughs> But that's another project for another day. <laughs> Where's the Danny Elfman score from summer school? They buried it with Carl Reiner. 
And if Elfman had any um, like rights to it, I'm sure he would have released some of it or something. But, or if he was uh, upset about it, I'm sure he would have released and said, this is awesome anyway. But You know what it's going to take, Mikey? It's going to take us going to Elfman's house and like forcing him at gunpoint to just replay the songs. Or maybe it'll just be the 40th anniversary of the flick. They'll get all the actors that are still alive back together. And they'll, as part of that thing, they'll release the Elfman score. Maybe. That'd be awesome. That's we true. Write, we can at least write to the um, film company or something. Or Chris Ellis or both. I don't know if he's <laughs> responsible for the score. but So let's, should we go into the... Like, Chris Ellis. The first song is, uh, is our old buddy. Should we jump into that one now? Mm-hmm. All right, let's do it. Start there. A little bit of a Caddyshack feeling to it. Um, it does, doesn't it? Who was the guy that made that one again? That was um, the Caddyshack song. Kenny, Kenny Loggins? Loggins? Yeah, yeah, a little bit of a Kenny Loggins feel, but that was actually Happy by Danny Elfman. Elfman, excuse me. First track on Summer School. And I don't know, hearing that, I just really want to find this album. Um, especially since up on the, the, when you're playing this, it's got, like you said, it's got the, um, the album. <laughs> uh, the visual of it, you know, yeah. on, on YouTube when you're looking at the soundtrack and it's mm-hmm. I know the album cover has the poster that you don't love with the dog. Yeah. It's also got other characters sprinkled into it. And it does. It, it really looks like one of the best albums you could own. Oh my God. <laughs> like a real icebreaker and a nice conversation starter. Starter for the summers. That, I mean, yeah, this is what we don't have on vinyl. I don't have it. So you find it. The guy who put it up on YouTube obviously had it. So obviously, Danny Elfman, we've talked to him about him a bunch of times because we've had him on other movies. Um, and we just had him, he did the score of the Batman soundtrack. So we talked about mm-hmm. that and we just kind of went through some things there. But he was originally at Oingo Boingo. We've mentioned that, um, which Back to School has that, which will probably do that movie sometime. Um, a great song from them on that soundtrack. Um, yeah. One soundtrack that we're looking at, but then decided to do Summer School because. Like we said, we felt like we weren't really totally back to school with all the hybrid learning stuff going on. <laughs> but if you if you're a mom at home or dad, um, you know, bringing uh, you know, teaching your kids, this could be a great soundtrack, a nice kickoff track in the morning um, called Happy. Yeah, yeah. Like the kids are like, yeah, play, put up, play Happy. You know, and they think yeah. they want you to play the. Yeah, I got well, Pharrell Williams. Pharrell. So, Nerd, N-E-R-D. Yeah, yeah, N-E-R-D, Pharrell. And then put that on. And just go, okay, of course. Yeah. I'll put on Happy. Dancing around. And- <laughs> 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 
take a Valium and then listen to t- Turn It Up by Nick Kamen after that. Um, so far. You can go from there on your own. This has got to, I mean, it's got ultimately, though, when you get to the verses part of this, I don't know how much we'll play in the episode. It goes very, it's it's a 50s stylish song, right? Yeah, I, I guess I'd verse. say this song is pretty different to anything, any of his other ones, kind of, I would mm-hmm. think. But that's kind of what's interesting. He does when he's making these soundtrack songs, he kind of goes a, uh, a bit over the map. All over that's the map. what I'm saying. I think he was trying to do it. He was doing a genre. Yeah, when it's not yes. Boingo Boingo, and he just gets hired as Danny Elfman now to start doing his soundtrack stuff. He does. He just kind of mixes it up on purpose. I think. Like what saying. is that called? What? Because it's like a Cajun instrument, right? Yeah. What? What sure. is it called? As a, it's not as it's. I mean, it's like a z. It Zedeco. sounds like xylophone, but it's not. Zedeco? Yeah, Zedeco. There you yeah. go. Um, yeah, no, but this is a great kickoff track. It definitely gets you in a happy mood. Um, I guess it's called happy. I didn't mean to say it that way, but you know, it does. It gets you kind of bouncing around. Um, one of the one of the a strong opening track, but most of the soundtracks you've done actually, the first tracks have always been strong. And mm-hmm. I guess maybe that's part of the format is try to hit him with something that's pretty good at the beginning. Makes sense, but who I'm produced? You didn't. You didn't say who produced the whole thing. Was there like an overseer? Overseer? Over? Either they don't have that, so okay. Probably someone at Chrysalis, and I'm guessing they. Yeah, it doesn't really say. It's probably it looks. It's like somebody from Chrysalis who they brought over from Volcano. Well, I think a lot of these guys that are in this were signed with Chrysalis or had some kind of relationship. You know, okay. Uh, originally, so that's why the miscellaneous artists. And say it again, yeah. So they've got kind of they've got new wavy people. It's like rock, and, rock and new wave dance songs kind of mixed mm-hmm. in here. Which is why I think the soundtrack is so good, probably right. Yeah, yeah. Okay, um, but this song comes on at the beginning of the movie as well, so it times out. Same kind of thing. Movie starts up. This comes in, like you said. I don't think a ton of the lyrics. Are all that visible? More the background song. I think there is. Elfman's got Elfman's got his girlfriend at the premiere, or wife, or however old he was at the time. He's like, I'm, you know, I, I did the score for this. They didn't tell him I did the score for this, and uh, I don't you know, Prince is here, and I'm in the my song's the number one in the thing. They play three seconds of his song, and then he realized, and then he also realizes the score's not there. Prince is just like laughing at him. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Prince was at the premiere to summer school. Oh my God! If he was there, he probably was. Like Pee Wee Herman's there, Prince is there, like like all these like perfect '80s characters at this thing. Oh man, I wish I was there. If that is, they're like that's they're like that guy who played Chainsaw has a future. One day, Chainsaw and Mark Harmon and like a couple of the other people felt so big, like large and in charge. Uh, Was that they were like large in charge, Marge? Yep. And actually, the girl that was Marge from Pee Wee's Big Adventure was there. Well, that, yeah, she went to every movie with Pee Wee, and he yeah. had to, like, <laughs> tell her, like, stop coming. Because <laughs> he'd be like, stop turning your face into, like, a, uh, like a California raisin uh, claymation thing. That's a pretty scary part. Um, I know. That could be in, like, that could be in, like, the Halloween episode we do next month. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> maybe. Large Marge. Scary. Um, no, but yeah, it plays at the beginning of the movie, and at the beginning of the movie, all the teachers are taken off, and so this is playing, and it just then it shows the assistant principal chasing down um, Mark Harmon's character, uh, Mr. Shoot, 
and kind of corralling him into summer school. And this is kind of playing mm-hmm. to kick off the movie. Uh, I think they show like the beach, so you know your your setting. Like, and they show him at the beach first, too, or something, so you kind of know the setting of what's going on. Actually, I think they show, like, it's just, like, he's the gym teacher, so he's, like, just messing around. They're all counting down. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and he's just, you're right, you're right. They're showing the school countdown the last um, the last day of school as well, and he's, like, all the kids love him because he's the gym teacher, and he's, like, late. And his, yeah, and his hot girlfriend comes and, like, puts a yeah, layer to go do it. the trip to, the, to Hawaii yeah. and everything. So... Yep, that's exactly right. What a great flick. Like we said, the movie, rewatching <laughs> the movie was not a letdown. It was actually a let up and same mm-hmm. the soundtrack. The soundtrack, like we said, is a mix of rocks and dance songs. You pinned it in 85 kind of feel, which is really good. And as we get through more of these, you'll start to see that. And an eclectic mix kind of, of different acts. There's like, you know, every track is almost a new person. It's not like one or two people. You've got like mm-hmm. you know, nine or ten, nine or ten track album. So should we go to the next song? So what you're telling me, it's really like probably A minus B Chrysalis stars, like mixtape. That's really what summer school is. Yeah, probably more like B minus. Okay. Chrysalis. I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, you're not putting, I wouldn't put, I wouldn't put Elfman in a B minus. Uh, yeah, but at this time when he was doing so many soundtracks, he kind of like poured himself out at this time. Oh, okay. So to speak. So I don't know if you can put him as an A minus. I, I don't know. I mean, so E.G. E. Daly was really ashamed to be on a soundtrack with him. Like E.G. Daly. Well, we, I don't want to list all the artists yet. There's like three or four that are probably could be close to, like probably B plus and almost got in the A territory, but never did. And then more like B minus and C pluses. Yeah. But the tracks right. they do on this soundtrack are pretty good, regardless. So. So. I don't know. We heard the first track, second track. I think it, like we talked about before, um, Last Dragon was one of the best one-two combos. I feel like this is up here. So yeah, I, maybe play is. play number two. But I was saying earlier, too, I'm so surprised we haven't had a soundtrack where it's just like the first song sucks. I don't know. I like what – I mean, you don't have to have the first song be the best song, right? I mean, I don't – I guess maybe is, is – do they do that only because they say they're going to put on the first song? Back yeah, album. Well, or they were just like, yeah. I mean, you bought it, so <laughs> like you've already bought it. I mean, so I don't, I don't, know, I don't know, much, but I feel like there's a couple soundtracks, like we said, when we were reevaluating what the numbers should be, that a couple of them should have not started out so strong, so that you kind of eased into the tunes a little more. Yeah, you know, and then it just being like the best. Or because they didn't have enough. Yeah, I don't know. Oh well. I don't know. All right, let's go to the next one. Using a number two pencil. Take your answer sheet and fill in your name. Okay, break the seals on your test booklets now. Tension breaker had to be done. Good luck, gang. Ready? Begin.
Tension breaker. Tension breaker. <laughs> had to be done. So we talked about this one when we did uh, well, Better Off Dead because EJ yeah. we had. And, and we t- talked about this one because really like uh, Better Off Dead, the couple songs in that, and then this song were really like her best hits also, which is. Yeah. And this is a, probably one of the most underrated 80s music video movie soundtracks there is ever because it's amazing and this is eg daily like we said called mind over matter summer school 1987 soundtrack and the music video we mentioned it in better off dead is so great um the 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 song plays this one goes all the way to the end of the flick basically the last one was at the beginning happy this one's at the end of the flick when they're taking their test to prove that they've learned stuff over there's no their yeah it's that they were going to learn and pass the test so he would get his tenure. It's in a separate like uh, auditorium type place. All the kids are there and they play this song while they're taking the test and they're all doing kind of funny, different quirky things for their characters. And the music video kind of has the same format, except obviously they blast and uh, Chainsaw falls asleep and they blast into this awesome <laughs> song. It just becomes a great <laughs> 80s dance party with all the cast. Just showing off their best moves, playing the instruments, everything. So oh my you God. can't get much better than, than this. This is probably the best track. I mean, there's some other good ones, but I don't know what the music yeah. video. Um, the only thing that I can't get out of my head now that I found it um, was this was originally recorded by Debbie Harry. Did it? Was it really? Yep. And um, the thing is there was some contract dispute or something. So then they had to redo it with EG daily. Interesting. Again, spoiler. There's another EG daily track on here. Mm-hmm. And so two with EG daily again, but if it, this was Debbie Harry in here and then EG daily separate, I think it just makes it so much stronger. And actually when I listen to the Debbie Harry version, I really like, I mean the music video, it's hard to take away from because EG Daily's in the music video. But the yeah. actual musicianship of Debbie Harry's version to me and her voice and stuff is a lot better than mm. um, E.G. Daly. So I just, if I, I see her in this and I'm just like, it would have been. I don't know, but I'm just in love with E.G. Daly. So like, I, I want to hear her are. voice. I'm not trying to take away from that, which is fine. But I'm just saying, <clears> if it played out the Debbie Harry way, I would have been fine or, you know, probably happier. Yeah. After listening to that one. But yeah, I don't know. That, that is just too hipster. Whereas this is like, because she is poppier, I kind of like it more. Well, did you I, listen to the Debbie Harry one? No, no. I, ha- I mean, I haven't. I'm just saying. Or well, is it just it as poppy? Yeah. Check it out for next episode, and we'll put that as an action item to just quickly chat about what you think. All right. It's time. Um, um, oh, I was going to say, uh, yeah, we were. Um, <clears throat> I think when you're listening to this one, um, just from like a, the music standpoint, um, I was laughing because I felt like that for, when you first listen to that intro, it's got a little like Frankie goes to Hollywood, relax. Yeah. And then we're trying to, it, I mean, she put, they're piecing together a lot of things from yeah, I think maybe the prior of, years. Um, someone at Chrysalis wrote it, you know, and then yeah. they got Debbie Harry to record it and then contract disputes. So then I just got AG, EG Daily to record it. So it probably yeah. is a little bit of, like a, a sample, yeah. Or it basically felt like that, yeah, a little bit. But it doesn't matter because all those samples together create this. So, do you think is it on the Rushmore? Is it up there uh, in terms of the 
okay, the song that you put on to get shit done with oh, uh, this turn one? it up. Is it turn turn it up? No, uh, no, the, no, it's not for me. This one's very specific now to just only play if I'm taking a test. So I had to take a design build institute certification. I'm going to be blaring this thing. And uh, you have to. Whatever. That's what I'm saying. Get you done. Focus. It's got to be up there with that one and the. Why do we always forget the Revenge of the Nerd ones now? Uh, One foot in the front of the other. No, I guess. Yeah. I mean, yeah. But for me, it's a little more succinct. But yeah, it's kind of its own. uh, Turn it up. Mind over matter. But yeah, no, I have to take uh, the design build certification, and it's at one of those little promoting centers. So I'm gonna bring my boombox in. I'm gonna do the tension breaker thing, and then put, put this one. On. <laughs> I'm sure I'll pass. I put one foot in front of the mind over matter. Can we do like a mashup? I read, I read Try it. to do a mashup. That's that's what I want you to do next. I read all Remember the- mashups when they were cool for about five seconds? Yeah, they're so cool. No, I, <laughs> I read the uh, um, testing center rules and it doesn't say anything about yeah. you know, mind over matter specifically being blared or anything. It was a problem. You, it says nothing about doing a, a, a chainsaw tension breaker, so I'm no. in the clear. They want those, actually. They promote them. It's yeah. in the bonus, the pluses. Uh, this is actually a top 10 dance hit in the U.S. and top 100 in the U.K., and this was the most successful track of the soundtrack. Uh, yeah. Um, well, I don't think the uh, the soundtrack charted. I didn't see anything like that, but besides this track charting itself. It was great. It's yeah, a good the, song, one. the song was produced at PWL by Mike Stock, Matt Aiken, and Pete Waterman. So okay. Oh, my God. I just clicked on the picture for the single. Yeah. Guess what it is? What? E.G. Daly with the dog. Oh, no way. That's great. That's a great poster. Okay, now I like it. Because she's got kind of like this, like one of those bra corset things on, and she's looking back at the dog. Oh, wow. That's really good. Is that the t-shirt you want for your birthday? Yes, I take it back. Are you sure? Roadhouse? Yes. E.G. Daily. And it says E.G. Daily, mind over matter. Because if you've got that, like... Roadhouse chiseled and grizzled, remember? (laughs) I know. I I know. I know. But everybody knows that. But no one will know what this is from. Only the coolest people in the world will know this is from the dog from summer school. We might have to change this podcast to Mind Over Matter. I know. Shit. That's so good. I don't even think they took a new picture of the dog. They just photoshopped. They did like 87, whatever the version of Photoshop was, or like the first version. One picture of this dog. <laughs> for this, dog this dog more than Elfman was like the biggest prima donna it was the dog that told was like I don't like no, that no. I don't like that score the contract is up it's used we, when we did that end of the scene where he was part of the makeout it wasn't in his deal and when he, when he did the makeout scene that was it for the dog <laughs> but I'm saying he also was like the one who threw Elfman out Yep. The score. Yep. He was like, roof, roof, get it the fuck. This dog was like fucking more powerful than Spuds McKenzie from Bud Walton. The dog has like all the stuff we're looking for. 
That's the puzzle clue is the dog. Fucking dog. Like well, that's the thing. Like look at that picture. Look how e- look how EG is looking at him like, you got it, don't you? You have a fucking score. She knew they were going to put her with the dog. <laughs> I got a feeling. They're like, she like saw that later. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> I don't think the dog's in the music video, though. Either. <laughs> I don't yeah, throw the dog in there. A um, couple more things about the test scene. We said that the girl that's pregnant, um, you know, has the baby at the end. But the other thing, too, is there was a student that was there the first day of class. He says he has yeah. to go to the bathroom. And then he's never in the rest of the movie except for he comes back to take the test. And he's like, I was in the bathroom the whole time. <laughs> I know. And his <laughs> name was Re- Reginald Bell Johnson. He yeah. actually ended up being eventually in, in Die Hard. And he gets the best score on the test as well, which is kind of funny. Yeah. Um, what else happens in that test scene that's worth noting? Anything? Maybe not, because maybe it's just like uh, you know they just. Oh, know. I mean, I always because I always they've always said that so it was funny when it's at the end and Chase on Dave haven't finished and they just start going C C. Oh yeah, C, that is pretty good. C. Yeah. Please, exactly. everyone that says on a test. Give me a minute. C C. Uh, brings the policeman too because he's all yeah. over him because he doesn't want them to cheat. So that's why they're kind of being like that but yeah that is pretty funny when he's filling out everything <laughs> and he gets a better score they release the scores at the end they don't pass spoiler alert yeah but they all improve and that's kind of like the win and yeah. all that scene where they're going through those test scores are pretty funny um, that's why it's my it's your mind the improvement of your mind over matter yeah because dave gets a better score than chainsaw so i think that's a roundabout joke you know because he he was the one that filled out like half the test with C's and he gets like a 20 point higher score than Chainsaw did. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Should we go to the next one? Wait, no, I think Dave does pass. That's the whole thing. What's that? He does. I think Dave passed. Oh yeah. 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 And that's what yeah. I'm saying. And he has a 20 yeah. point score. Yeah. yeah. A, few of them, a few of them do pass. Um, yeah. Yeah. We don't have to go through all that, but I know. Yeah. All right. Should we okay. go? Uh, to the next one? Yeah. All right. So, wait, before we do the next one, I'll just say, right, on the subpar soundtracks, this is where we go, okay, number three, it's not, you've got a letdown. I don't, I don't think so with this one, but go. So that's, that, you know, yeah. That feels like 1985, doesn't it? Yeah. When you're saying that, like right on the dot. Fiorillo? Yep. Alisa. Alisa. Fiorillo. Jackie. 
1987, obviously. Four, three minutes and 42 seconds. I think the last song, Mind Over Matter, was about five minutes. Really, like you said, strong third track. Doesn't take a dip, in my mind. Classic. I, I like it. I don't care if it sounds like 85. It's still good, and it's, like, awesome. I don't know. I don't think this one's in this movie. I didn't hear it. Um, no, I don't know that it is either. But what a nice surprise for the soundtrack to have this in it there is. and kind of back up Mind Over Matter. And just to slap slap um, Elfman in the face, it's like with a fucking Fiorio. Yeah, a lot of the lyrics is about lips. She's like, your lips are. On Listen to this. Lips. Listen to this sentence. She released her second album, "I Am," in 1990, recorded at Prince's Paisley Park recording yeah. studio. Yeah, there's. <laughs> yeah. After she had contributed as a backing vocalist to the soundtracks of Graffiti Bridge and Batman. Elfman! I know. Yeah. Oh, shit! Comes back around. For oh, her. my God. Prince has taken all Elfman's like, <laughs> left and right. And oh, left. my God. <laughs> I love <laughs> you so much. People, somehow, this girl's got a great voice, and every track I hear on, it's amazing. She's an amazing singer, but she had two people have interest in her. First was this guy, John Jellybean Benitez, which that name okay. is so great. Nice. <laughs> Don't you want Jelly Bean? What was the guy that yeah. was better off dead? Um, uh, Savage. Uh, oh, yeah. Dan. Sa- yeah. Savage Steve Holland. Or what was yeah. That? yeah. Yeah. It's pretty good with Jelly Bean, too. I'm going to Savage and Jelly Bean together. Yeah, John Jelly Bean. Like, and they could be the Savage Jelly Bean production Mike, company. <laughs> Mike Savage Jelly Bean Betcher. I don't know if that works. But I got to change the other parts of the name, but still. Yeah, so this guy heard her, John Jellybean Benitez, though, he heard this song on the soundtrack. (laughs) (laughs) And he picked her up and he worked with her on his album. And they had a a duet called Who Found Who, which was a worldwide hit. And then then through that, then Prince saw her and through those other things you mentioned. And then. But let's just, yeah, but let's just be honest. Prince just went. Wait, yeah. uh, you worked with Elfman? I liked you. you. I got it. Come record with me on the Batman soundtrack so I can slap my my genitalia on his face. So this motherfucker can get some Gemini dick all up in him. And vagina. Yeah, double. Yeah, double. Um, And Louis Gossett Jr. was there for the (laughs) dressed up in drag. Yeah, there's, oh. there's pies all over the place. I should have mentioned the beginning. There's pies with so many things in this one. Like everything we've done, there's a tie on each track almost. Which like. it makes sense because I don't think we meant to, but we did kind of start in the earlier 80s and sort of go through. Yeah, and, and then, but some of these, yeah. like we said, we when we've gone through those flicks, we're like, when we're looking at the other soundtrack stuff, we're like, oh, and then these kind of people kind of get into the soundtracks more and just mm-hmm. keep doing them and doing them because they had a success. And it's like, yeah, Your other stuff didn't do success, you know. Or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just worked out that way. Oh They're man, better, better at this. But yeah, no, I would say but, check out that Who Found Who with that John Jellybean Benitez. I just want to say his name again. <laughs> I got to get his name in like four times. Um, that's a good track, and then obviously some of the Prince stuff is obviously great as well. That yeah, mentioned so. But even this, this Jackie, this is pretty good too. So it feels like this was kind of a hit, right? Or not? not I think she's still alive. I wonder if she's over it. No, this was. Um, well, they didn't have it listed as a top, a charted okay. track. But I, when I was reading about John Jellybean Benitez, um, 
it mentioned that a lot of people that this track was pretty popular, like generally popular, and that's how he glammed onto her. And I yeah. think uh, John Jellybean Benitez was, uh, you know, uh, it's in. I mean, yeah, that's the thing. It's in the power hitter slot, so Elisa's just kind of something that probably, again, like we said, was maybe a a, a B minus teamer. Not about talent, just never reached that next right. Yeah, level, her for whatever reason. Good. That was her own albums just flopped. So yeah, I didn't listen to much of those just because they said they were bad. But maybe maybe you'd like them. I don't know. But yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, when she did her own albums, that's a lot of the time they didn't do well. And then she just resorted to more like a backup or a duet person, even though, I mean, her voice sounds awesome. This track's great. Yeah, it is. I love the lyrics, too. Mm -hmm. And uh, nothing else in this that I can say, because I don't think it's in the movie either. But if somebody finds it, let us know. Yeah, please. And go, you idiots. It was at that one part where Kirstie Alley walked in. We met. It's it's hard to find everyone though, and yeah. I think, like you said, we should have a website where we start like really zooming in on those and just putting um all the movies and the songs where they're at exactly. I think there's a couple out there, but they don't say the exact part. They just say it's in the movie or something. Yeah, which that's what does that mean? Yeah, the, all the songs are in the movie. What? Okay. Yeah, not helpful. Um, so we said "Mind Over Matter" is the best track on the the album, or that's what you're standing by. Uh, yeah. I might go with this next one. All right. Let's do it. Sean of this song? Anyone? I'm supposed to have sex with you. Euler, yep. I'm supposed to have sex with you. And it kind of, there's so many things. Let's have the sex now. Like when we're listening to this. Like, um, what was the guy, the Peeping Tom song? A little bit. Um, Darn it. What was his name? Oh, well. He was, I mean, just one of the guys, I think, right? The Peeping Tom. To me, yeah, to me, there's two things. I think that intro, which you were pointing out, I almost picture 
We're just going to harken back to everything we've been we've done. I almost picture Patrice in the living room oh, with yeah, Lisa. She could dance. She could get down. She, can, she could get down to this one. And let's be honest. What's the name of this podcast? Are you ready for the sex girls? This is like yeah. the brother to that song. Next episode, we're putting this as the song for one <laughs> for fun. No. Throw, throw something else in. You want to? No, you can. You can. But this oh. is. I'm saying if we ever change, we should change. To, I'm supposed to have sex with you. <laughs> and then, but what also makes it is just the complete deadpan. Yeah. Um, like he's, you're saying, that's pretty long intro for the long intro, the Willie Hutch long yeah. intro award. And actually, Tony O'K is the guy that made this song. Him yeah. and Willie Hutch are both like, you know, longtime writers, like yeah, yeah. writers like San- Tony O'K has written all these songs. He has eight albums. He's written songs for a lot of other people. Al Green, Aaron Neville, Burt Backrock, Bonnie Raitt, Chicago. So it's kind of like a similar matchup there. Um, that's what's so awesome is when those kind of guys who've just been around forever they're like okay i'm gonna do mine and it's just like i'm just gonna have sex with you i'm gonna have sex with everybody <laughs> I know. let's have I'm sex now the plate. <laughs> <laughs> oh man he's such a great songwriter we're gonna get him for the soundtrack see what he gets <laughs> that's what they have you track that he sends in after like three months or something. but i mean it's like a it's just like a brag he's like what nothing there's nothing i can break this and you're still gonna like it <laughs> I don't think I ever. <laughs> I, now you're, it's growing on you, right? Like I think Mind Over Matter has got like some yeah. reminiscing feels. But funny. if you're if you're listening if you're it's listening to if you're listening to this as as a as a almost forty year old man, you're like, this is the one I like. <laughs> this might be the song I play for the test I have to take. <laughs> you're right. I'm switching it up. <laughs> and I also said, remember it was in Cap- Coming to America where I said the Queen to be song for the wedding? This would be pretty funny to come down the aisle. So oh, it'd be perfect. I guess guys don't come down to the aisle, but you could. It'd be funny. Like, you come down first and then you play this. Like, like what? How would you? I would just walk real cocky. Oh, I was thinking yeah. more like a pistol dance, right? Left. Doing like yeah. circles with both hands, like kind of. Oh, oh, I see. I mean, so what I'm thinking is you start real cocky during the intro, and then, yeah, when it's sex oh, yeah, and <laughs> Like it's a combo of the two. I don't think this ended up in the movie either, probably because of the yeah. kind of ridiculousness of the, of the lyrics. So, they're just like, I don't know where to put And Jackie is pretty sexual. Like, those are two sexual songs, and so it's like know, they're on here. Jack, but... and I think that's why they yeah. ended up in the movie, because they were trying to make it maybe like a hair wholesome and didn't know. Yeah. Like, it doesn't fit with the characters, like those two songs. I think it was PG-13, right? So there were definitely some parts, right? I can't remember yeah. the rating. But where would you put this in the movie? Like, there's no, I can't think of a spot where it would. Be. I mean, maybe it's where Hartman's like to the surfer chick, <laughs> but then they they held back on that. Yeah, but he was never really into that for real. I know. I'm saying in the R-rated version. Oh yeah, maybe it was, and it was a deleted scene because they're like, "This is horrible. Yeah. This is not what Mister Shoop's yeah. about. It's not what he's not about. Play. This life." And even yeah. like uh, Chainsaw and Dave love the uh, foreign exchange student, but they're kind of cordial about it. You know, yeah, 
they like think she's attractive. It's not raunchy. Yeah. Yeah. They kind of like courting her almost, you know, like kindly, yeah. not like in a dirty way. So there's not really any relationship in the movie that's like that. Or maybe, oh, I wonder if this is odd in the strip club scene and I didn't realize it. I'll have to double check. That's the only. Oh, thing. when they go to, the, I forget the one, why they go there. The one student's a strip club guy. Oh, yeah. The, the guy's strip club. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's in there and I don't. Didn't really uh, but okay. I don't think so. I think it's a different song, but well, we'll double check that too for the yeah. First, I was like paying less attention. Why were they even there though? What's that? Why did they go there? I don't know why Mark Carmen's there. That's the only thing that didn't make sense in the movie that I don't remember is why Mr. Shoop is even there. Yeah, um, is that a male strip club? Oh, was he going on a date with somebody? I have no clue. I, okay. I have to double check that too because I, I was watching the movie and maybe not too closely and I was confused why I was even there in the first place and finds the student there, you know? But yeah, I always feel like there are like two um, male strip club scenes that I always like get mixed up and it's like that one and then the one from Mr. Mom. They're like in my head. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we're always you know what? Maybe did, uh, did his... Uh, the guy, the stripper, stripper's um, request for the contract because they made a contract between the students and Mr. Shoop. Maybe his request was to give him a ride to work and back, and that's why he's there. Okay, but that no, really- his was a his was a bed. He wanted a bed, right? So he wanted to sleep. Was, yeah, maybe so. Maybe he was picking him up too. I don't know. Yeah, uh, yeah. I gotta. Yeah, I was paying like less attention at that part, <laughs> so I was like, yeah. I gotta. All right, soundtrack wise, Tri- though. Um, trivia quarter. <laughs> Trap-wise, if it's at the male strip club or not, it should have been. Um, and if any male strip clubs still exist, I don't know that they do. I feel like those were only a thing from about 1983 to 1989. Uh, then they should be playing this song um, uh, in those male strip clubs. Yeah, I think so. I don't see how you could beat that. And with Mind Over Matter, back and forth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> No, I go to a male. I would just hang out at a male club strip, male strip club buffet all day if they play Mind Over Matter and time to have sex. No, with you. you're my peeping tongue. Tom would be probably back and forth. Well, you got the glow in there. Wouldn't be bad either. Anyway. Oh yeah. I'm just starting to say all <laughs> the tracks I want to mix together. Mix together for a male strip club like review. Yeah. I'm thinking about it. All right. <laughs> um. Re- <laughs> Everyone's 80s characters. Uh, oh my god, that could get. I swear to god, you could get then like women to actually show up. Why did they go away? Why did those go away? Because they don't exist, right? Anymore. The show is like Laura went to a thing called like Thunder from Down Under when she was 21. Oh, everyone's been to those, yeah. But I'm saying this was like there were clubs the way that there are strip clubs of women, there were the men's strip clubs, yeah. Probably had two big a dicks or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Just their dicks. laughs> I guess they did still exist. They made the movie, the one movie. Uh, oh yeah, forget the guy's name, Magic Mike. Magic Mike with Channing Tatum. But is that just like that was in Florida? So that doesn't feel yeah, real. That's Florida. They, I'm sure they have them in Florida. Because like that's what I'm saying. Yeah, and like the ones in these, I guess this is L.A. Right? That's where they are. I think. There's but probably, like, yeah. I bet on skirts, there's skirt on the outskirts, there's some, but yeah, generally across yeah. the board, there's not. 
Many. Yeah, like in Mr. Mom, they were in Mr. Mom. They were in like Chicago, and there's like a male strip club that they go to with the astronaut. It was like too popular and sucked everyone up into its show or something. <laughs> that was like in the 2000s. I'm yeah. saying, yeah, when did they go away? As like there's they're also a thing in a certain. I don't know. Anyway. But that could also be a spinoff podcast. It's just the history. Yeah. Of <laughs> <laughs> Times of male strip clubs. Yeah. I'd listen to that. Yeah. I... <clears throat> That's why we're gonna put it down. That's, That's why we're gonna put it on. What do you, what do you call when you're putting like it down? We said it has eight thousand items. We're never gonna to get to like. <laughs> so I don't know why we even pretend. Uh, Tony OK was in uh, for soundtrack stuff. He was also he's also on Real Genius, which is a great soundtrack. That what? Don't fucking tell me what he's do- what he does. I don't want to know. Yeah. Well, the other one I'm gonna tell you is in uh, uh, True Romance. He's got a, the lead track on that one too, which is kind of some injection called Graceland, which was a nice. great uh, Tarantino flick, or well, Tarantino screenplay, I guess. Yeah. Um, and that song's pretty good, too. So he, Ooh. I know this song is good, and but kind of in a blunt, funny way to an extent, but he's also got some good uh, songwriting songs across the board uh, in other facets, too. Real genius. Uh, Another one. Another easy daily track called Seduction, mm-hmm. The Love of Your Life. You're, you're like, we're falling in love while listening to that. <laughs> you're just listening to like the whole thing for no reason. <laughs> oh my God. Because I love her voice. And it's just like, why is it, God, why is three, four, five so sexy? I don't it's know. So much it seduction. It doesn't tie to the movie at all, though. That's I, all I know is that. If you're going to have sex, and I'm supposed to have sex with you, Jackie, I'm supposed to have sex with you. Seduction is going to make it happen. Feel Rilo. I would, I, so here, you told me Debbie Harry. It makes it sadder for E.G. Daly if this one, because this one is, it's a pretty, it's very standard. I wouldn't say it's a bad song. Yeah. But, but it's, it's just got. Really da, 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 da. It's da, like laid back. Da, 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 da. Give me you. Yeah, it's really uh, 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 kind of basic and laid back, so I don't yeah. know. 
like maybe because she got pulled into the mind over matter, even though she, she just had to learn it and sing it, and not write it. Uh, it took away from her other track, creativity or something, or not. I mean, it's just it's just a um, it's like a it's a Similar. it's like a it's a standard rock blues song, is what it is. Yeah. So that's all she's doing, which is fine. It's and I just, just don't I don't know I don't know if I like the the sex stuff with this movie so many times. Mm. Mikey doesn't like it a sex. Well, <laughs> you're not quoting me properly. This <laughs> you watch the debate, you're like pulling a political move on my, like taking my words out of context. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like a sex. Yeah. Uh, no, I just don't think you need three sexual tunes in a row for summer school. When yeah. The theme of the movie at all. And I don't think. I think some of the track, because it was like Chrysalis and maybe didn't have a designated specific producers per se. There probably wasn't a ton of oversight on that. Like yeah. Carl Reiner or anybody to tie it to the movie. Yeah, yeah. Reiner, like, Reiner fell asleep after the first two songs. And they were like, Lord, put the sex songs yeah. in the middle. Yeah, put him in the middle. He's not listening. So they, he just needed three or four songs. He needed the opening song. It gets everybody pumped up. Um, a few more we'll get into, like, just for, like, some of the montage things, like the test. And then the rest could just be filler, even though I'm not saying the songs aren't good enough to only be filler, but he they just didn't care. You're saying it. against the movie, it doesn't yeah. necessarily make sense. the movie, yeah. Yeah, so. And then, that's okay, and, though. It's still yeah, fun. It's it still is. fun. If you have the vinyl, that's a great song to have in there. And, the album, so. Yeah, and I'll be honest. I just like hearing E.G. with that voice say seduction. So yeah, I, I think overall, if you're just listening to this and not tying to summer school, like I'm not gonna, I'd be having a blast. You're not throwing seduction out of bed. Nope, no, I'm not. Because <laughs> I'm supposed to have sex with you. It's you. <laughs> your name's Easy Daily. Says I've Tony. Got my lips on your hips <laughs> and my lips on your. That's her lips were everywhere in that uh, third song. I know. Fioria's lips are like all over the place. That's what she said. <laughs> Fiorillo? Fiorillo, yeah. Fiorillo. I like how you called her, though. Fiorio. 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 Yeah, so this is... Right, then they go, okay, oh shit, Reiner's waking up. Let's do this one. Yeah, let's bring it back, y'all. To the movie, baby.
Wow, that got me juiced. That got me. <laughs> that should have been in Rocky Three or no, shit. The Gonna Fly Now song. I mean, yeah, that song's pretty good, like I said. But that would have been so awesome. That it, everybody'd be like, "What the hell? Wait, what? Brain power? Brain power? It's <laughs> freaking got like what twelve concussions." And one of those movies, it's about being smarter, right? Like fighting yeah. smarter. So you could, but that is such a good. That would get me. That'd be so funny if that one song from Rocky came on while Rocky's training, and he's like, "No." I gotta put on my track. Yeah. Like, brain oh, power. Yeah, for the montage. Is that fucking brain power by Paul Engman? Engman? Yeah, it's brain power, Paul Engman, four minutes, seven seconds. And guess who ties to this one? I think you know, one of our buddies. Oh my God. Maybe the greatest concert I've ever seen, ever. What'd you say? One of the greatest concerts I've ever seen live. What? Oh, who are you going to say? Oh, what, who are you going to say? I don't care. Who are you going to say? Oh, Giorgio? Yeah. Yeah, Marotta? Yeah. Yeah, so we brought him up. He's been in a couple other tracks. Well, he did that, uh, the one Kelly picked for me from Top Gun. He yeah. He that with What's-Her-Name, and what the heck? It was like two other ones where he produced. I can't even remember. But he's all over the soundtracks, too, huh? Yeah. Which, I mean, he didn't uh, <clears throat> Metropolis, right, or something. But yeah. But anyway, but I'm not just saying that one, but there were some other just like a bunch of random stuff he's in. But Paul Engelman, he's, he's got a great voice for this track. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how they chose between this one and Mind Over Matter for this, the... Yeah, the montage. Yeah. Yeah. I, I bet, bet they yeah. both were in the running. Test montage. Yeah. Yeah. This actually got played in the movie during the um, uh, driver's test scene. Mm-hmm. So... I, I don't know if it fits as well in the driver's test scene. I mean, it's yeah. not, again, it's like seduction. I'm not going to kick it out of bed. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it's just, uh, I don't know. I, I, was, I, I mean, it feels, this one feels more 80s dated than probably Mind Over yeah. Matter. I mean, they're both 80s-ish songs, but you can tell the difference between mid. And this one's early to mid, mid to late. Super produced <clears throat> or whatever. He had a, Georgia. together with Giorgio Moroder, he had a number one hit in Germany with Reach Out. It became the official song of the 33rd Olympic Games in 1984 yeah. in Los Angeles. Isn't that great? That what? song's really good, too. I love that song. I listen to it. I mean, yeah, because this, this is very, it's, it's got, whatever you said, Rocky, it's got that go get them. Uh, like, <laughs> excuse me, sports. Yeah. Yeah. It feels like a sports track, and that's ironic that we're talking about sports. You know that, that yeah. all tied together. I didn't like plan that or anything. <laughs> maybe this should have. Yeah, maybe this should have been um, when he was doing the football or something with. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, but the, the reach guy. out song is a perfect Olympics '80s song too. I recommend checking it out if you get a minute. Um, it's a lot like this one, but a little bit more like sentimental sounding or something <laughs> okay and and lighter sounding for the olympics and the 84 olympics were the ones in la mm-hmm. if you remember in the u.s yeah um but paul engerman it's he's got some other weird stuff his sister was married to larry king okay for a long time it was like his main wife when she was like a model <laughs> which is just random that he was also on the scarface soundtrack with uh eg daily um he had a song push it to the limit Oh, I mean, yeah, that's the that's the main, that's one. The main one. Yeah, that's the main one. Um, so we've had who else had the main song on one of the other soundtracks? I can't remember. We've had a couple here where the other person, the artist, basically had the main song on a really kind of popular soundtrack. 
Um, yeah. And then he was also on my stepmother's an alien soundtrack. Oh my god! Ackroyd. How did that come up? Even how did that even come up in the last episode? No, I don't know. So somebody else was on the soundtrack, but yeah, this is like creeping me out almost. Like some of the stuff. You just see that they all just are nabbing each other. There's like ten guys. Yeah. But uh, his song was called "Room to Move," and it was a pretty good track too. I think Not it's as just good as, uh, there's a there's a there's an aesthetic that gets popular, and you want that same aesthetic for this a uh, certain kind of movie. Yeah, and especially more in the '80s. Yeah, where it's like more focused. Yeah. So, anything else to say about this track? I mean, yeah, brain I mean, power. brain power. Stop working out. Work on your brain, people work on out your there. Brain and play this one. And I, yeah. I lied. I'm just bringing this whole vinyl to the test. <laughs> <laughs> just playing it. <laughs> <laughs> next time let's go to that uh, restaurant again that first one that we went to and uh oh, yeah. we brought the revenge of the nerds and this time let's bring this one this, this one will even weird them out even to that restaurant people what? would be like loving it they would okay yeah um at the test place though i could just see playing this whole album and making just very cliche test taking faces while i'm yeah. doing it you know like hmm like really thinking hard and all kinds of stuff but then when I'm supposed to have sex with you comes on, you kind of wink. It, yeah. The girls do like a solo dance or something. <laughs> I love the placement of this track mm-hmm. and like the mellowness to it. Yeah. And like a nice additional rock 80s touch, you know, compared to the other tracks we've heard. Yeah. And, you know, this might not be the best song like on its own, but mixed in with everything else, it's a really good compliment, you know? Like it you is. And so it, again, probably... even as it's, as it's mellower, it's got a dance beat. Like that's what we said, right? That's what all yeah. of these... This is Tammy's show called All For You, and they had a top 40 hit called The Truth, and it sounds a lot like this song, really, honestly. Uh, more of a rock type 80s song, um, but not too heavy, yeah. a bit mellowish, and so they kind of had their niche, but they didn't have much else than that. I think they had a couple albums, but that's one song, The Truth, was their song, and then this, I think, had some decent exposure, but then, then that wasn't much else, but they named themselves after the movie. 
Have you seen the movie Tammy Show? Mm-mm. I guess it's a concert um, in, front, uh, in Chicago that happened. They okay. got together and it was just a, a live taping of the concert and it had a ton of different um, artists like the Rolling Stones. Um, and it also had uh, James Brown in it. Okay, cool. Tying back to that. Yes. <laughs> nice. We were talking about James Brown. And one other note is that James Brown's song, did I say that already? Papa's Got a Brand New Bag is played in the movie Summer School. It is. That's right. Not on the soundtrack. Um, I think when he's at the beach. So uh, that's uh, kind of all ties together oddly as well that they named their, because uh, that was uh, one of the, the top performances in the movie was basically Rolling Stones. And then I think right after them was James Brown or vice versa or something. And that was how it gained a lot of its popularity with those two acts, live performances kind of because the movie was pretty popular. It was at a time nice. where I don't think like there'd been a lot of uh, live performances recorded, you know, in that kind of style to, mm-hmm. to document and see. And so it kind of took off when that movie was released. Nice. Those live performances. Yeah. Um, any other thoughts about this track called All For You? Um, again, I don't think it's in the movie itself anywhere that I heard. Yeah, that's the one thing. It could have been in the background at some point and didn't know. There's a couple songs I didn't pick up on that were really lightly played from like radios or something, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it might have been one of those, but I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, All <clears throat> For You, I would see it fitting in with, obviously, again, the surfer girl falling in love with Mr. Shoop. Yeah. Um, and I forget the surfer girl's character. Uh, Courtney Thorne Smith is the mm-hmm. actual. Um, but that's when I could probably, if they were hanging out in Mellow, that might be a good spot for it is having this just faintly playing in there, you know, all for you. She's all in for him kind of thing. Yeah. Don't you think? I think, I mean, that's the, or it's, there's only, there's only two love things in that or, well, there's oh, three yeah. or maybe it's Chainsaw and Dave with the Italian girl. No, I don't think with them. They never really had a long time. Well, I guess maybe at the party at Jupe's house, there's some music there and things that are going on there, but. I think it was a little more upbeat there. Yeah. This one. I, I still maintain if it's in the flick, it should have been when they're hanging out at Shoop's place and the girl's kind of like not openly confessing his, her love for him, but just a roundabout way with questions, basically showing that she kind of like is in love with him. <laughs> yeah, now, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, that was uh, Tone Norum with a song called Second Language. 
um, pretty literal to the chorus again. Another track with that. That's a lot of the songs so far. <laughs> yeah. Is the, I, the title of the song is the, the chorus. Lyric. I know. I love it. Uh, I would say this is the one where you like you get a twinge at first when you're first listening. You oh no, here's the one. Here's where they're gonna blow it. Yeah. And then they don't because what they power, do. She hits some power chords and kind of power chords, and then that comes in with the beat, and you're like, uh huh. And then you like it. It's a not. It's a. It doesn't go into that what we've always thought, or at least for me, the lame uh, slow songs. It's like a good one. Yeah. Like a driven, driven slow song. So she's a Swedish '80s pop singer, but I didn't find much else about her really. Like so okay. I don't know that she had any hits. She's probably more. I'm guessing more popular in Sweden or something. Uh, that makes her even that much cooler. Yeah, it does. Does kind of. She's like the she's like the Robin of like nineteen eighty seven. Yeah, probably. Um, but so there's not really much I have else to say about her. All I know is really this track. Wasn't able to listen to anything else. She's got great vocals, and like you said, it's a pretty decent track. Um, this one again, I didn't find in the in the flick anywhere. Kind of more of a random one. Um, was this was tone part of uh, Chrysalis? Tone norm, yeah, I'm sure that's probably okay. why more than anything um as most of these people were associated with chrysalis that's what i'm saying so more and more as you listen to this you realize that's what they're doing here a little bit did you see that will ferrell flick where they did <laughs> recently where they're like the european they're trying to get on the European oh yeah on contest that movie wasn't the best but some of it was funny yeah that's hilarious I, were they from sweden or where were they from i can't remember. uh iceland i think oh yeah iceland never mind darn it oh well but say yeah, it's whatever. It's that aesthetic but it's where they're a great time for European like artists, mm -hmm. right? I mean, yeah. they had a bunch come in because uh, it was just different, you know, and it hadn't been really done, and it was enough time that they'd like kind of picked up on, you know, rock and roll, pop, and everything. Yeah, the pot the podcast hit parade did a great podcast about rock set and how, you know, all their songs that were popular. And it's it's the same aesthetic that's probably that Tona has here. They all wanted to be American pop stars, but then uh -huh. what what made them sort of endearing is just the that their like it was their second language. So like some of the stuff that we think is silly or funny or the what their turns of phrases that they did were just because of sort of bad English, more or less. Yeah. Then it, it wasn't like on purpose, but then it works in the song because yeah, you love the sound of it. It's like yeah. Something that's like just yeah. more interesting and what a great tie because it's called second language so you yeah perfect right now. <laughs> got it we're nailed like, it we're like without a, without a fucking script nailed the shit out of that one we're like poets we're, we're like, we always speak in poetry i want to have sex with you yeah <laughs> let's, are red, violets are blue uh roses are red this is what i write to laura roses are red and violets are blue time to have sex with you let's have the sex now yeah that's i've done that one i also did roses are red violets are blue you're my peeping tom <laughs> <laughs> roses are red violets are blue you have mind over matter and brain power too oh i like that one if i got that one you ace your fucking test i'll tell you that much yep and i'm going to <laughs> All right, let's hit the next one. What if you had that on and then I just showed up at your test in the doorway with the EG dog shirt? Just so mouth, I could... Yeah. That's motivation. 
<laughs> with no sleeves. I'm saying it with no sleeves. Yeah. Okay. Like the Rocky workout. Yeah. Trying to keep me pumped up. But, so, like, but I start lifting, so I'm like, brain power. And then I stop and I just start pointing at my head and like reading and doing I'm math stuck, problems. I'm stuck on a question and I see you do that and I'm like, get the answer. I'm like, yeah, I know it now. <laughs> There's no tomorrow. There's no tomorrow. Wait. Holy shit! Holy shit! But then you like get distracted. You're like, holy shit! Is EG Daily looking at that fucking dog with a Hawaiian lay on it? They fucking love. But that's how you end up passing it because I, all like the guy that's watching the test is looking at it, uh, your test, and he starts looking at me, and I'm distracting him, and then you just start going, C, C, C. It's the best way to pass. I know. You passed? We're going to the next one. I passed, Grimes. I am an I mean, that's wasn't the song in multiple soundtracks? In... I, maybe I don't know. I didn't see that. But these guys are in tons of soundtracks, though. All yeah. their, all their music um, is the fabulous Thunderbirds. The song was here was my babe. But like you mentioned, you'll hear them in like almost every song song track. They're in Porky's Revenge, Gung Ho. We mentioned they're in that. Oh, shit. Like father, like son. We mentioned that. Um. Yeah, that was the one where they switch, you know, um, that was the one with um, Judge uh, Reinhold. What song did it, it, it wasn't this, what song was in uh, Gung Ho? I don't know, I didn't write them all down, but uh, but there's some, most famous songs are Tough Enough, you know, Are You Tough Enough? Maybe that was Gung Ho, I think Tough Enough was in Gung Ho. Are you tapping that? They also have uh, Wrap It Up which uh, I can't remember exactly how that one goes, but when I heard it, I, I recognized it. The guy sounds a lot like Tom Jones and kind of looks like him too. Yeah. Honestly, when he's... But then they're playing like a rockabilly style stuff, yeah. right? These guys are from Austin, Texas, and I guess they were a pretty popular band there for quite a while um, in the okay. 70s because the 70s was like disco going on. 
Mm-hmm. But these guys still did rockabilly, and so it was like uh, definitely a thing down there to go check them out and just dance your butt off kind of to some rockabilly, which wasn't really much of that going on at the time, you know? Yeah. Like a nice alternate night to go. It's like, there. yeah, they're, they're, um, <clears throat> they're like keeping it going, essentially. Yeah. And I think they just got famous through that, you know, because they played locally there quite a bit and word of mouth or something, and then ultimately got into like signed and things like that through all that. So, which I have respect for that. And they can really play their instruments and all that. Mm-hmm. Even though I don't know if I love them just because the guy sounds a little too much like Tom Jones when I hear the music. So I'm just like a little bit thrown off by that. But. When I hear him, I just go, I feel like I've heard this guy. In, I just feel like the song's in another movie or it could just be another song that they wrote because I hear that guy in a lot of movies. Their main guitarist originally was actually Stevie Ray Vaughan's brother as well. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, This song is not in the film that I could find again. So So this um, this is the soundtrack that's awesome, but ultimately it does not get our award for like being integrated. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, they did. I mean, the ones they did were great, and I just know they could have done better with that, which is... Oh man, it just would have been ultimate to have a few of these more tie out to the flick, you know. But that's okay. Reiner was editing it and keeping it tight. It's like I got no time for this. Yeah, I've got to just hit deep with all my my dialogue and my yeah. relationships between the teachers and students and everything. But well, yeah, obviously it's a retro style song, and there's nothing wrong with it. But yeah, that's if you've listened to other '80s movies where these guys are playing, that makes sense. Yeah, that's why they're in so many, probably. So you yeah. just have that different thing, just like in Austin, Texas, to have the different thing at the time you had yeah. it thrown in there. Um, one other thing that I thought was interesting, I found, was they are in the soundtrack for, and they appear in the film, it's called Light of Day with Michael mm-hmm. T. Fox and Joan Jett. Have okay. you ever seen that one? Yes! I used to love that. Are they brother and sister, like, in a band? Yes, they are. Yeah! I want to see that movie. I oh, I saw I love that movie. It's awesome. They're in it as a band, and then uh, their songs is in it, so you can't hate them that much if they're in that. But it looked like the most awesome thing I'd never seen yet. <laughs> You've never seen that? I swear I we watched it together. I it, but just, like, forgot. But, like, oh, play. yeah, it's awesome. And the song they play is awesome. It's like, what I loved about that movie was it felt like Marty McFly, like, stopped being in his high school band and was in this band with Joan Jett. Oh, man, I want to see that right now. <laughs> I the know. podcast. I'm out. I'm like, I gotta come back later. Well, but I really don't. I mean, I remember the aesthetic. I remember the movie, and they're like punksters, they're like rockster punksters. So, what was the name of it? Uh, Light of Day. Light of Day. Okay, yeah. But that combination of MJ Fox and Joan Jett, just like when I mm. read that, my eyes like popped out of my head. Like, what? yeah, my something else happened that outside of my eyes popping. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> And you know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about my D Tag, Michael J. Fox, and Joe Jet together with me. <laughs> uh, I don't know what else about this. Not much else, really. I mean, it's a decent tune, probably. Yeah. But we've gone through nine or eight out of nine. That's tracks, probably. Nine yeah, I hear you go. Now I'm looking at. And they were in the cocktail soundtrack. That's the other one you know. Oh, yeah. That's powerful stuff. We're looking at doing that one too. Yeah. But some of them, they just use like two or three of the same songs over and over again in the soundtrack. So I didn't list all the soundtracks sometimes. 
because it, it was like a little repetitive, you know. It wasn't like mm -hmm. it seemed like they created the song for that movie or anything, but that's okay. Yeah, that's what uh, I but mean. This has been yeah. a great. Just we're gonna get to the last track here in a minute, but this is uh, you can see hopefully tell what we've been talking about. This is a really high end soundtrack with a mm -hmm. ton of mix of great eighty songs, like you said, and hopefully you agree with your and I do too that this is like perfect pinpointing eighty five. Yeah, it's got a little bit of um, delta plus or minus up and down with some of these tracks, but um, in terms of the year, but overall like i don't you, this is like one of the best 80s soundtracks we've got the fact yeah. that when you throw in the fact too that it's not like summer school was the most popular movie or the most talked about mm -hmm. movie like you said just in capturing the eg daily uh t-shirt with her and the dog like the dude, <laughs> that like encapsulates so much movie and the performance of this soundtrack together like nobody yeah. really talks about it but it's better than a lot of the ones people talk about when mm -hmm. you together like with just the performance of the actors the script the dialogue the the content the the songs in here the different type of songs we got all the different people we got that go on to do freaking amazing shit or this is their amazing shit really you know yeah so it's just this is uh i'm glad we picked this i was a little concerned at first I was too, when I and then I over, but this all came to cement into a really great. It's yeah, it's one of those things where, like we, t I think we thought we in our in our mind's eye we remembered it being good, and then you go, but was it? And then you went back, and then we watched it, and then listened to the soundtrack. And you're like, oh yeah, no, it was, it was as good as we remember. Nice. And so many of the things are are with this with this soundtrack and with the movie, they're kind of ingrained in you a little bit like you yeah. know them yeah and i think a lot of people if they just revisit this like i said i told kelly and she's like we watched that movie a hundred times like yeah <laughs> it's one of those that maybe you don't talk about yeah you think yeah it's just it's funny what we decide to like now go and then the, then okay the, okay now everybody loves back to the future and it's everywhere okay but then yeah. it's like why is that one getting chosen yeah or why didn't really. why didn't light back a day the future is yeah. good i actually like back yeah. to the future too but yeah, I, it's not like to those set that's such a level that it should be the only thing talked about. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, that's I think that's a weird thing. But I remember I think our parents. Power, yeah. You got to work on your brain. Yeah, power. hey, like, society needs to work on their brain power. That's exactly yeah. right. But I remember my mom. I remember mom and dad saying the same thing about different things from their generation. They just were like, you know, well, they you you're the '80s people elevate stuff from the '60s. But there were other things that they're not elevating, you know. So it's just, yeah. it's whatever. It's rose, rose colored on certain things, and then well, those that's things get elevated. Mission statement though, is to dig some of these back. That's out. right. Let's bring them back to life with our brain power to seduction yeah. your asses because we're supposed to have sex with you with Jackie, yeah. your mother babes. And it's just a second language, and make you happy. We're getting those synapses firing. And it'll be mind over matter mm -hmm. so that you can get a fucking education. This last one goes out to my babe. <laughs>
That was our man, Billy Burnett. Yeah. <laughs> we can do it because he's tied to um, Fleetwood Mac, remember? Mm-hmm. He was on uh, the soundtrack for just one of the guys. Yep. But remember, we went through all that history as a member of Fleetwood Mac for a while. Yep, yep. I remember. He was also in the soundtrack Project X. Um, oh. They, that had mainly score with um, James Horner. Yeah. But it had like one or two tracks, and the main one was by him. It was called You Baby You. Mm. <laughs> so I don't know. It's like him singing to the monkey. To the monkey? Singing to Virgil. Broderick singing to, or Broderick singing to Helen Hunt. Yeah. Or the monkey singing to Helen Hunt and I like Broderick. I like that it's, um, what's his name, Matthew. Virgil. Singing to Virgil. Joel singing to Virgil because, I don't know. Or maybe it was Virgil singing to the big, um, like, larger ape that yeah. saved him at the end. He was kind of like a bully, but then he ended up saving him in the pit or something. Maybe <laughs> that, too. Yeah. Sacrificed himself because he was strong enough to take the zap. So they're just, they're just skipping on. You know what they're doing, right? They're just skipping on out of the soundtrack with this song, are, right? I think they had a couple it's like a skiffle. They hired, you know, like the, it seems like you know how we're upset about the tide of the movie, like, but they like doubled up two or three times on accident or something, or yeah. uh, they hired the guy, two guys to do the kind of the same tune, and then yeah. still put them in the soundtrack, and then yeah. they like didn't cover the rest of the movie, which is just like, yeah. What the f-? so they maybe tried it, but the guy that was supposed to be in charge of that piece just like fucked up. <laughs> I was like, whatever. <laughs> Although I love brain power and I love mind over matter together. I don't know that I love happy and this one together, like both of them, you know? So, yeah. But that's okay. <clears throat> uh, this sounds a lot like some of the other Billy Burnett tracks, like you said, yeah. like rockabilly too, or, you know, um, and then you've got the, yeah, I mean, it sounds different because that guy's song. voice is different. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of standard again, standard blue song pattern. But I kind of get it, like this being at the end, the other one being at the front, the other stuff mixed together. Yeah, um, yeah. And uh, yeah, again, he he does weirder the he does weirder stuff. Elfman does with Happy, even if it's got that same uh, pattern. What else? Anything else you want to go through on the movie or the soundtrack? That's it. That's the 10 tracks. Yeah, that's it's 10 tracks. It's tight. It's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. Then you got them all. Um, I don't know. I mean, I feel like we're missing um, uh, just some of the stuff that Chainsaw and Dave said. But <laughs> they were, we, I think we kind of touched on them. They're like, they carry the film like, um, like we said in uh, just one of the guys, uh, Billy. Yeah. Name? Yeah. Yep. Um, what else? Some of the other movies had. Is there any characters like that? Not really. They really do a good job. I mean, they're. We didn't talk about the nasally nerdy dude. <laughs> I know <laughs> enough. Yeah. He, he kind of is, I always remember his voice. It's so different. Yeah. Like, uh, but you know, I don't. He's kind of interesting because he walked the line, be kind of kind of cool and kind of nerdy at the same time. Mm-hmm. He's not like a complete like stereotypical nerd, but I think he was kind of supposed to be. But um, maybe because they're all rejects supposedly in that thing anyway that you know you're more of a king in the reject world if you're Ike, kind of and went to adam's college after he passed the test and was in revenge <laughs> of the nerds four <laughs> probably is that what his what's his name again Ikian. yeah Ikian. so i had a song in the movie when they're doing the, there's a montage where they're studying they actually start doing studying and I had it was a song with no words, and I don't. I thought I knew what that was going to be on the soundtrack, but I didn't hear any songs we went through with no words. So 
Uh, I don't think, I'm pretty sure that's not any Elfman score song. It might just be one of these songs where they omitted the um, lyrics. Okay. And, uh, I'll double check on that, though. But that's a pretty, whatever song that was, pretty good. And the montage is pretty good when they're studying um, before the test, when they're, like, kind of really getting into it. So are you saying that's Takashi? There's that, is that as close as we can get? Probably. If it's not on the soundtrack, it is. But they also had, I guess, that James Brown Papa's Got a Brand New Bag in there. And there was one more track. Oh, I, I'll tell you what my Takashi is, if you want to know. Okay, tell me. I, I have one. It's the... Um, it's just like the the low like the it's like a it's the low low lolly thuddy dud of Harmon's dick when he's got just the pant his pants on and no shirt and skates slapping against the side of his leg as he's roller skating. Oh, We're gonna have to edit that out. This is getting <laughs> ridiculous now. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Oh my god, what? What is this? Happy Madison Productions is doing a remake? Of what? Happy Walters and Adam Sandler. No, shit. (laughs) Summer School with Shia LaBeouf and Zach Braff. You're fucking lying. I'm not lying. It's on the Wikipedia page. Because I was looking, there's one more track for that was not in the... And it's got it listed right here as the remake. Of course, that was 2012, so I don't know if that all right might have got killed. But that's that great. <laughs> oh, Happy Walters and freaking Judgment Night. Oh, don't even God. fucking say it. Don't say that. Oh yes, I knew it was the track. Somehow in the movie, party all the time. Eddie Murphy is in this movie. No, it's because they sing it. Oh, they do. That's what I was trying to remember. Okay. That's the Sakashi. All right, that sounds good to me. We'll just go with that. That's when it's Dave and Chainsaw when they when they go, oh, shoops the 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 party all the time. Why gets to party all the time? Party all the time. So they jump up and start singing party all the time because shoops the English teacher for summer school. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I'm gonna let's go with yeah. that together. Let's do that together because Dave and Chainsaw. Not the, du- two the dick thud. Can we tie it with a dick thud? The thud of uh, Harmon's dick. What are you saying? I'm saying just the noise that his dick makes as it slaps oh my against his thigh. Say that. <laughs> <laughs> You're saying a double? Like you want both? I guess. That's <laughs> <laughs> Stop you, I guess. It's no formal rule. But I'm just going to go with party all the time. Okay, so you said you're Patrice already, right? I can't remember who it was. Was it? Oh, oh yeah, it was just this ending scene where the 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 Mr. Shoop and Kirstie Alley's teacher character are yeah. Can I just on the beach, right? Can I just get in between that? Yeah. Um, oh, and, I mean, um, Court, yeah, I mean Courtney Thorne Smith. She's a good, good one. Cute, it's cute. Yeah, where she's like making him dinner. Uh, there's a few in there. Uh, Even his um his girlfriend at the beginning. On the- oh yeah, but she's just kind of boring. She kind of looks like Betty yeah. Childs, though, doesn't she? Um, yeah, that's what I um, and then again, I think just, I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to say probably my Patrice is like the pregnant character, uh, when they do the horror thing. Yeah. <laughs> but she's in, like, she's in on it. Yeah. yeah it's like, what, what is that supposed to be that she's got something stuck in her mouth? Yeah. Like a ruler. Oh, okay. <laughs> How does <laughs> 
I don't know. I'll <laughs> say something like that. Um, long intro award. We said that one song. I'm supposed to have sex with you. Well, that's the Willie Hutch long intro. Prince. I don't think there's a Prince one on this one. Really, I don't know if there was a track. Maybe the Fiora Fiorio song is closest to that. Yeah, I would maybe do that. Like a future song. I mean, maybe, but I don't know if there's anything perfect for that. So that's kind of the most of our awards right now. I think right there. All right, so we always plug the movie. Make sure to check out Summer School from 1987, starring Mark Harmon, Kirstie Alley, a bunch of other great kooky characters by Carl Reiner. Great movie. Check out the soundtrack. Try to find it on vinyl. People will love you. Order a T-shirt with E.G. Daly and the dog on it. What else? (laughs) Or don't, because we don't want everyone to have that shirt. Yeah, actually, don't do that. (laughs) But Um, we're not going to stop you. It could be fun. Yeah, it'd be fine. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, go this Halloween is coming up. This this when Halloween happens, go as go, dress us up as Chainsaw Dave, and everyone will be like, "Oh, you're the guys from Columbine." You're like, "No, we're Chainsaw Dave from Summer yep. School." Or dress up and do all the makeup like they do in that scene in the yeah. horror scene, and um, check out Texas Chainsaw Massacre while you're at it. The one they watched in the mo- in this in the summer school. That's right, favorite flick. Uh, and they are, and I'll tell you something, Mr. Mr. Yeah, Mr. Shoop is right when he teaches them to write. If you write to like consumer good products, complaining or like asking for free samples, they'll send you free samples. I remember learning that after I watched that movie. Yeah, that's a great takeaway in relation to education. Teach yeah. that to your kids at your homeschooling stuff you're doing. Yeah, um, make sure that's a big. Uh, that could be a project you guys could do. It, letters <laughs> so you can take that from the film you can play the so- soundtrack to your kids while they're doing build up their brain power so it's got this is a multifaceted swiss army knife of uh possibility That's oh my god all up to you to take it from here next month is october we'll be in our 11th episode we're likely going to do something halloween related i don't think we've had a, an october episode yet but um there's a lot of other things we could do because the election's coming up so you know, we could come out of left field like we did with Judgment Night that one. Mm, you don't know. You don't know what we're going to do. It's a crazy time. Uh, presidential debates turn into mud fights. We don't know what's going to go on. We don't know. who's. Maybe we'll do Bullworth. That would be a good one. <laughs> maybe we'll do another school one and just say, hey, we're doing hey, Soul Man. Now we're just, like yeah, we're just school. Oh, we're we just do school. school. Yeah, we just do school things now. We might do like six back to school. I don't. I. You know what? You got to get out there. You got to get on. Get on the boards. Tell us what we should do. But we'll probably just do school things. We might do Revenge of the Nerds again. Fuck it. (laughs) (laughs) The same exact one. Just literally try to word for word do our podcast again. What are you going to do about it? We'll see you next month. We'll see you next month. If this is the first one you checked out, check out all 10. Um, Mikey had his his spreadsheet now, so just if you need help knowing what they are, we're not going to say them here. Just uh, write Mikey, send me this uh, in the comments. Say, Mikey, send me the spreadsheet. He'll put the spreadsheet out there. And you know what I think we can start doing this time, Mikey? Let's start putting the – since this one has, like, the soundtrack on YouTube with the whole thing. Let's put that link up there, too, so they can listen to the soundtrack also. Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. Uh, and I'll customize the spreadsheet for you. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, whatever else. Shoot, now I forgot what else I was going to say, too. Oh, well. All right. Uh, all right. Um, so. Like, 
like we always say, absolutely. Lamaze class, great place to meet girls. Sister Patty used to play here all the time. We're the Barbusters!